0: The red, the tune, the cat weather. Ah, oh, it's not looking great out there, is it? Cloudy with the spells of rain, heavy at times, falling asleep and snow over the high ground this morning. Winds gradually easing through the afternoon, feeling cold. Right, look out for this one. Maximum temperatures six degrees. Celsius tonight. Showers. Uh, Yes, longest spells of rain this evening. Uh, Overnight dry with clear conditions. Chances of patchy fog or low cloud is likely. Our minimums, Ted, it's two Celsius, mate.
1: No. From Young. I'm going to be there on Monday. (laughs) Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast. With Rye, Steve, and Ted. That's them. Right That's me. The I'm him. I'm him.
2: Ah,
0: oh, where we go? Look at us, hey? That's yeah, so where All we got Where we go?
2: Nobody late. Just Let's do it. <laughs>
0: I love this I love this Nobody late Lads On this WhatsApp group We don't talk about Lads Gonna be 10 minutes late I've upset the boss Love it Love it
2: (laughs) Just a tad Just a tad Shout out to you Uh, David Shout out to you
3: Good oh, morning, everybody. As always, plenty to talk about. On a Friday, it is uh, uh, another weekend of football. All of our teams are in action uh, this weekend, and plenty of headlines as well to get through. Uh, we will be talking about fans' behaviour. A uh, couple of headlines that came out yesterday about fans who were involved in Newcastle United games um, essentially being fined. One, uh, Fan in football um, was was actually imprisoned yesterday for his behaviour. So we're going to be talking a little bit about that. Uh, also going to be looking at, at the um, the quote from Sean Dache yesterday, which I found really interesting, saying that uh, managers should be given more leeway on their behaviour. <laughs> So, I mean, do you agree? We've talked uh, incessantly about uh, the likes of Arteta's behaviour on the sidelines, but Sean Dice reckons we should be giving them a little bit of uh, leeway, so we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. Has Aston Villa's bubble burst? Uh, they are going through a little bit of a bad run in the league and now knocked out of the FA Cup by Chelsea. Um, has the bubble burst and, and how can they get back on track? And uh, England and the Republic of Ireland drawn against each other in the league phase of the Nations League. Well, what's the Nations League? Does anybody really care about it? Um, is it just a, a, an international competition that we don't really need? What are often talking about players constantly putting their pressure with your number of fixtures. Really, I, I don't watch it. Does anybody out there watch it? And the story we did manage to cover yesterday was the uh, the story about uh, the former pop band Boyzone um, looking to attend a match at Chorley FC, but rumours that they're looking at buying up shares in the club. So... Celebrity ownership, is it a good or a bad thing? Would you be happy if celebs came in and bought your team? Uh, let us know. And obviously, the, the WhatsApp! <laughs> no. Uh,
2: no. Oh, you're still going. No. <laughs> you're still going. Keep going. you got to pass out. That's the new no, competition.
0: Go. Pass out. <laughs> that's, the new, that's the new Northeast Funny Breakfast Show competition. How long can you drag out the word WhatsApp? <laughs> That was the long fight, How long could we drag out a show? Was that on? <laughs> well, that's normal, mate. That's normal. That's what we usually do.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but yes, plenty to talk about, lads, as always. And we'll probably chuck in a few other things as well as they develop. I've got uh, one. I've got one. Go on, Dave.
0: Go on, Dave. Oh. I have produced, especially for your delight and delectation, a World Cup. Name that theme.
2: Oh, very good. Okay. I wanted okay. to keep it footy. Yesterday.
0: I wanted to keep it footy specific, because I know Mr. Wraith would go loopy if I did astronomy or geography. So, well, it's, I'm, pr- it's I'm a- pretty sure
3: you'll have listened to yesterday's Dave. So, and I'm not being funny. How many of those, honestly, oh, if ridiculous. you did listen to yesterday's? No, well, how many did ridiculous. you guess?
2: That was ridiculous. Did you, you no, That was ridiculous. Hang on, are we being honest, or are we? Are we? I, I mean, no, you've got to be honest. Oh, we? have got none. None.
3: You I don't get Buffy. I <laughs> got Battlestar Galactica. I didn't know
4: any uh, of I thought you <laughs> Do you know what? I knew you'd get that. I absolutely knew you'd get that for some reason. Right, you got. No, I, I right, you honestly got, thought you right, had Buffy. Buffy. Did you get yeah, two? I right? Think got,
3: I think you got Buffy. And... You got the other one. Something. You got another one which I'd never heard of. Yeah. Something. Development. rusted Development. Was oh, it? Oh, I, really,
2: I got that one as well. Yeah, I got Rusted Development as well. Great. Did you get yeah, that, yeah. or did Daz get that? Yeah. Oh, Daz might have got that. I think we've got yeah. one. So we got eight, three, we? it I it think we've got terrible. three between us. We've
4: got three between us. MacGyver's classic TV. I don't know how you didn't get that.
3: If it's American, I won't watch it.
0: There you go. <laughs> I mean, because they've got a leader who can't remember when he was deputy leader, nor what the, when, when his I've son passed away. MacGyver? And you've got the other one the who's challenging him, cum cum who's, just... got a, who's got more court cases against him than Manchester City. So you know, yeah, yeah I, indeed. I,
3: I mean, I watched classic stuff on American TV, but I've not, I didn't watch MacGyver. But yeah, I mean, it was a good one because you, you know, you got the result that you needed. Like, but Battlestar Galactica was easy. The rest of them just, I just never heard of them. Buffy, Buffy was probably was that not aimed at kids?
2: I mean, that Buffy was, the that Vampire i That
3: was undone. Right? I'm, I'm 35,
2: and that was me, teenage <laughs> years watched. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Never yeah. watched. Never yeah. watched
3: that. No. And then there was Arrested Development, which I think Apple. I, I, liked, was something I like. Desmond's, I got that. I got that. Desmond's Homeland. Un- and then the, 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 was, the other one. Was the other one. What was the one that sounded like Abba at the end? It was like it yeah, sounded that was, like. that was MacGyver. That was that was yeah. that was MacGyver. Right, yeah, so that sounded yeah. like that sounded like something like that sounded something Abba like vis- visits casualty
4: I think you said wasn't it you're that was like, it uh, Abba
3: visits casualty that's what it was like Yeah, was I, I listened to what the podcast was. lads
4: I'm a big fan of the show <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell. so you're our one downloader
3: Yes, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, I didn't download it. Man, I
4: want to keep the space nah, on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, guys, so there we go. So anyway, Dave's got so anyway, one. So anyway, to make so it Dave's nice and easy
0: idea. for you, I'll tell you exactly what you're going to hear uh, a little bit later in the show. Whenever you decide, Steve, that it's time to thrust this upon the uh, the audience of the Northeast, um, I'm going right. to. I've got five official songs from World Cups, and all you got to do. N- rather than name the theme, which would be impossible, be a bit like Ted's Ted's you know, quizzes, then Try all you've got to do is tell me which World Cup they came from.
2: That's it. Okay. All right. Just okay, football pretty- world cups. Mm. I don't mind that. I don't mind that.
0: Yep. After all, it is the Northeast footy breakfast show. And you
2: we need, need to- some headlines yeah, Steve.
1: They- <laughs> Here we go. Steve's gonna be sensible. Good lad. Macam's and Proud. Black Cat's news.
4: Good morning, Sunderland fans. Michael Beale says Sunderland midfielder Corey Evans is still not especially close to a return to fitness after more than a year out injured. The Northern Irishman suffered a serious knee injury against Middlesbrough in January 2023 and is yet as hard to have surgery to repair cruciate ligament damage. It's all been eerily quiet on Evans since, and while Michael Beale says he is making progress, he's not expecting him back particularly soon. Michael Beale believes, oh that's so hard to say, Michael Beale believes, I wish I'd written that differently, he has some serious competition <laughs> in forward areas, with Lewis Jamia firing himself into the head coach's thoughts in midweek. Jamia put in a fine performance for the under 21s this week, scoring the only goal over a 1 0 win uh, over Bristol City. It comes at a time when Mason Burstow and Nazarie Roussin have also scored in the last two games, and Beale is happy to be seeing players forcing their way into consideration. Of we'll only know who starts as the preferred striker for sure when the lads take on Plymouth Argyle tomorrow. And finally speaking of that game, Sunderland will be very unique in a very unique position when they play Plymouth this weekend. A referee where we've actually had some decent results under him. While that's as rare as Hen's teeth, Sunderland have won more than half their games in which Anthony Backhouse has been the referee. Furthermore, half the penalties he was awarded in the championship this season have gone to Sunderland, long may that continue kick off 3pm tomorrow on what's expected to be a very cold weekend
3: so wrap up and take care on the roads They are your Sunderland headlines
1: Magpies and Proud Mags News
3: a Chelsea fan who assaulted Newcastle United goalkeeper Martin Dubravka has been fined £807 and given a three year football banning order Jordan Chidley 25 ran on the pitch during a Carabao Cup quarter final at Stamford Bridge on the 19th of December and Chidley admitted assault by beating an unlawfully going on to playing area at a football match he was also ordered to pay a victim surcharge of £323 and costed £85. The Leeds fan who confronted Eddie Howe on the touchline at Ellen Road last April has received a 12 month prison sentence, a six year football banning order, and a life ban from Leeds United Games. 35 year old David Derbyshire pleaded guilty to common assault and unlawfully going onto a playing area at a football match. Saturday sees Newcastle back in Premier League action, facing Nuno Espirito-Santo's side at the City Ground. It's a 5.30 kickoff live on Sky, all the away section tickets are being sold. This will be Newcastle's sixth Premier League visit here and they've remained unbeaten in the first five, drawn the first three and winning the most recent two. There is optimism that Anthony Gordon will be available despite going up at half-time in the 4-4 Premier League draw with Luton Town after twisting his ankle. Callum Wilson should be okay, which compensates for the latest loss of Alexander Izak to injury. And tickets for Newcastle's FA Cup fifth-round visit to Ewood Park later this month have sold out, uh, and they uh, sold out at the 10-point mark. The Magpies will face Championship side Blackburn Rovers at 7:45 on Tuesday, February the 27th, but the game will be live on BBC One. That's in your castle
2: headlines this Friday morning.
1: Smoggies and proud, Borough News.
2: Good morning, Borough fans, you beautiful humans. Happy Friday. Look, headlines, they're not great. They're not great. The news, Matt Crooks is travelling to America to complete a move from Middlesbrough to Real Salt Lake City, confirmed yesterday by Michael Carrick. MLS side have registered an interest in the versatile midfielder over the last week or so with their transfer window for international players only opening on January 31st. Borough have ultimately reached an agreement with them after Crooks expressed desire to explore what is expected to be a lucrative move for him and his family. The 30-year-old has just 18 months left on his Borough contract and has been a bit part player since Carrick's arrival at the club. It's understood to have been an opportunity he didn't feel he could turn down and Borough and Michael decided not to stand in his way after a two and a half year excellent service to the club. Maddie Crooks, wowee, hey? And Andy Campbell believes if Borough continue to fall away from the top six, it's time to get some youngsters in and I couldn't agree more. If Borough aren't clear mathematically, then Cam reckons it's time to give the youngsters a berth and unearth a new hackney in the closing end of the season. Players like AJ Matthews and AJ Bridge have been in fine form in the under-21s, as has regular player and bench player Law McCabe. And finally, is Marcus Force the best Borough answer to Borough's striker problems? Well, 92.7% of Borough fans agree that Marcus Force should be our number nine this weekend. Will he start up front or will he be deployed in a wing Role. Time will tell, but Michael Carrick without Matty Crooks, Marcus Force, potentially the only striker Burra have. That's your headlines. I am Rye. Good morning. the girls the, cat, and the t- OK, welcome back uh,
3: to the Northeast East Footy Brekkie Show. And um, I am going to start with the fans because it's part of my headlines, lads. And uh, you'll have heard the uh, the punishments meted out to uh, the fans, or so-called fans, who uh, have uh, been a little bit naughty at the football grounds in recent months. And um, £807 fine and a three-year football ban banning order for the Chelsea fan who uh, ran onto the pitch and assaulted Martin Dubravka. The Leeds fan who confronted Eddie Howe, uh, of course, those of you who remember this, it was a bizarre moment where uh, the, the, the supporter just appeared in front of Eddie Howe, could have been armed, anything could have happened, really, in, in both of these circumstances. Mm. Um, he's received a 12-month prison sentence and a six-year football banning order. Um, we also saw uh, another um uh, another one this uh, well it was was yesterday wasn't it It was a forest green fan who has also been jailed for his misbehavior so i I guess what i want to ask lads is you know does are those punishments fitting the crime first of all um do you think that you know going to jail now is the only option for anyone who invades the pitch in, in, in in that kind of manner we've all seen pitch invasions where Non-league teams beat a Premier League team, and they invade the pitch, and they celebrate, and they're trying to get the hero shirts, and they're trying to get a corner flag, and they're they're on the pitch to celebrate. We've also seen invasions, you know, in the Premier League where a team has stayed up. We've seen it at Everton, um, or a team has won the league when you know Manchester Manchester City won the Premier League for the for the first time. So you know these things aren't uncommon. Yet they, you know. They are trying to be stamped out by the authorities uh, because, they, you know, obviously public safety is, is a major concern. But the punishments, lads. Uh, right, I'll come to you first. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure what type of sporting events in in Australia. But what's 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 your views on those punishments that have been meted out to those fans that I mentioned this morning?
2: Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I honestly think it's fair. Uh, fair punishment. We here in Australia, we have fines. We don't actually offer jail time for it. Um, It is quite rare, I would argue. We do see it in a little bit, but it has seemed to have been stamped out with hefty, hefty fines. Uh, It it wasn't so much that they went for jail time here in Australia. They went for, like, hefty fines. We did see in our A-League and what involving uh, one of our own, actually, and Dave, you might have heard about this, but Tom Glover, before Mm. he actually came across England, was involved with a, a flare that was thrown onto the pitch, and it actually hit him. Uh, and he actually picked it up and threw it back uh, and it actually hit a fan and then this whole swarm of fans just came on the pitch and one of them like threw a bucket and it hit Tom Glover on the head and like cut him uh, and it was, it was massive and it was probably the worst incident we've seen of, of fans storming onto the pitch and there was some police uh, re- repercussions for, for those. I think there was some, some jail time or suspended sentences at least but that was like the worst one we've ever seen but yeah, the fines for us here are, are quite, quite hefty uh, and I'm talking... Uh, you know, twenty to twenty-five grand Australian. You know what I mean. So we're we we're, we're really really financially, uh, you know, punishing them rather than going after putting them in jail time. So, yeah, I think it, I think it's you know something we don't want. We we saw we spoke about yesterday, even though it was a bit funny with Daz uh, and you, Steve. Obviously, the the player that got touched on the on the behind uh, while he was bit ready to take a throw in. You know what I mean. And they they want that stamped out because, you know, no no players should be you know be touched. I mean. It's just like when you walk down the street, you don't want to be touched, do you? Know? Do you know what I mean? So, it is it is something that they need to crack down on. They need to make it, you know. And they, I, I wonder if it is one of those, you know, the example cases, if you will, um, of jail time and stuff like that. But uh, I think I think we've got uh, unfortunately a bigger issue in football with the with the side of racism. I think that one's still yeah. Okay, sadly, well, that, yeah. You
3: bring that up. You bring that up, and of course, the Forest Green fan. Um, yeah. who was given a jail sentence um yeah. the, for the, for, that, for that incident jordan garrick he's been jailed for 9 months right um for for, for racially abusing somebody i guess you know every every crime you know when it goes to court you have a different judge it depends what the judge you know the judge looks at the you know the potential punishments I guess but it, I guess it depends what they feel like on the day doesn't it as well and yeah, it does, and, yeah. and I guess and I guess as well the track record of various people but you know is it are fans out of control right uh, you know are we seeing a return to the bad old days we've, we've seen Northumbria police putting out a request or a couple of requests over the course of the last couple of days for, for fans that like to speak to about, um, uh, you know, uh, um, you know, basically yeah, trouble at the Newcastle Sunderland game uh, a few weeks back. So, you know, are we seeing are we seeing a return back to the old days, or is, are these just you know separate offences? Are these just you know minor offences that are that are taking place? Not minor offences, but you know that are the one-off of, one-off events. I should say that's that's what I was looking for. Mm. These like one-off it- events. Are we seeing a return to the bad old days?
2: I mean I don't think we're just a return to the bad old days I don't think I think that hooliganism is quite quite stamped out. Uh, I mean you talk about it a lot Stephen and, and I'm not privy to it but that hooliganism of, of Newcastle United and how Newcastle United you seem to think that are trying to change that fan base that is you know, at, the, at the ground you know what I mean to, mm-hmm. to get a, get away from that sort of error of the hooligans uh, being in the prou- in the crowd maybe they're trying to control that so I think we're definitely not seeing a return but we are still seeing pockets. I would call them of incidences that are disgusting uh, this season alone, especially in the championship. you know, the, the Bradley Lowry stuff was disgusting. Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, and again, I think it was Sheffield Wednesday again that just had one with um, Casey Palmer just recently as well. So, you know, the, the racism stuff is disgusting. That's the, that's the one that we need to stop on. That seems to be happening way too often, you know, with, with chance and, and, you know, and actions and stuff like that. That one's not okay. Uh, the the fans running on the pitch to celebrate uh, one fan, you know, who's had too many beers running on the pitch and doesn't hurt anyone or anything like that. We saw that referee chased off as well. So, I mean, that's, that's a scary, you know, incident that definitely needs to be clamped down on. But for me, the biggest one we need to tackle is the racism. And if that's, you know, if he's the example case now, uh, the Forest Green guy uh, of, of having jail time, then I'm all for it because it's disgusting and and it's got no place in, in our game nor our society. But I don't know. What do you reckon, Ted?
4: It's, it's such a tough subject area, isn't it? Because, I mean, in, in terms of invading the pitch, you, 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 you're essentially trespassing, um, you're endangering people's safety. Um, so therefore, you know, I, I think certainly the sentences that have been handed out for that, they might seem severe um, on, the, on the first look at it, but you've got to bear in mind a standard has to be set on this sort of thing. It, it, there has to be a deterrent. Um, and when people see, you know, actual prison time being done, especially you know for the, for the Leeds fan, for instance, with the Eddie Howe incident, actual jail time for that, I'm sure as he was climbing over the the advertising hoarding, he never expected that in a million years. I would imagine, even no. you know, with countless amounts of pints down and and whatever else he uses for recreational activity, um, sherbet. It, it's yeah. Is that what? Sorry, sherbet. Yes, indeed, indeed. Um, <laughs> I was trying to avoid it, like, but... <laughs> so, something oh, disappointed no. you, right, hasn't it? Yes. Um, yeah, um, yeah. That, that has to be the deterrent there, Sherbet absolutely. Sherbet lemon was good. So, Sherbet lemon was good. Yes, I it, enjoyed it, buying it. Do you now. know what? I'm going to buy some when yeah, I'm over. Yeah. I'm going to buy some. Dib dance. Back to the story. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. See what you've done. You've made us ill. I know. I know. Um, dear doctor. But but, right, right, and it's it's not just the racism argument as well, right? It's it's actual you know abuse of people who are literally just trying to do their job. I, yeah. I watched um, an interesting interview with with Jack Diamond. Um, he went on the Piers Morgan show. Obviously, Jack Diamond was oh, recently acquitted, found found innocent of of, of a, of a, a an, heinous allegation. I'm not even going to say it because the kid was accused of it and he's he's innocent. He's been found innocent in the court of law. So uh, as as far as attaching his name to a, a charge, I, I'm I'm personally not going to do it anymore. But it was a serious charge. Um, the lad's gone away to, to Carlisle on loan, trying to rebuild his career again, bearing in mind it's like you know, almost two years of his career has been put on a hold because of this, because of the allegation that was found to be untrue. And straight away, his first game back, the abuse he's getting... Is, is absolutely horrific he had to go off injured um, when he was playing for Carlisle I think he was playing late in Orient I think he said and the abuse from fans it, it's it's right imagine imagine like sort of us doing our job right now and somebody just booing us constantly like what Rye's doing in yeah, May it happens right all the now. time
2: it it does, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's, I'm googling it's it's
4: Sherbert it's, it's no, nah, but on a serious note, lads, the, the level of abuse that, that, that players, managers, and things like, people like that are getting is absolutely uncalled for. Banter's yeah, one thing, and, and like, you know, taking the mick out of each other, that's absolutely fine. But when it's getting down to personal abuse, personal allegations, and, and absolute, like, just pure hatred for it, I mean, yeah. what are these people about? It's it's just scumbag behaviour, it really yeah. is. It, it's um, to be honest, it, it, ban them from every ground. Don't just give them a. You know, I, I know, obviously, there was the six-year football. Was it a football banning order outright, Steve? Was it? Yeah. See that that for me is perfect. Do it, do it, and and just drive this scum out of our game mm-hmm. because the game's gone through enough of a problem. You know we've got enough problems like what we've talked about about. You know, robbing off the, the the working class people who have set up the built the game over years and getting that robbed off us by you know the the upper class so to speak, we've got that going on. But we've also got this scumbag element. I mean, no wonder people want to you know drive out the working class and bring in middle class mm. lot because it's it's you know the getting that fraction of a percentage of fans who do behave like that are
0: getting the rest of us a bad
2: name. It's Dave, what's what your thoughts? The one. As well. Oh, right? Banford
3: one? Yeah,
2: yeah, got up. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: the
3: Banford one. Yeah, yeah well, um, tell about
0: that. What are my thoughts? <clears throat> I mean, that idiot who ran along the touchline at Elland Road, I mean, it, there, was, there was nothing in his mind other than um, aggression. Um, I don't know whether when he approached Eddie Howe, he was thinking, my goodness, I've got it yet. What do I do now? Um, but I think when he was run, running along that touchline I think he was fueled by hatred, aggression, all that sort of stuff You know, that that wasn't just somebody having a bit of banter um, Tech and the mickey are out like that So for him, get him out, get him out of the game You know, I'd give him a 10-year banning order for me um, Just get him out of the game completely Going, going to jail I, I don't... I don't know is is the answer giving him a custodial mm. sentence? You know, he got his look. He got his hands on Eddie. Um, what about I that fan that chased if, the ref, Dave? If somebody's, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, mean if, a, I was going to say, if somebody is, if I mean, look, he's broken the law. He didn't enter yeah. the field of play But I think by jumping the barrier and running down the touchline They can extend that a little bit And they can throw the book at him um, And yeah. I think that's, that, that's that's why he's got a, a custodial sentence The lad who ran after the, the ref exactly the same You know, we we need that eradicating Do you know what, we need that eradicating yeah. from society Or the equivalent of that, eradicating yeah. from Agreed. society um, You know, the exuberant fan who might be full of beer and And I don't know crosses the touchline jumping up and down celebrating a 96th minute winner or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah get him yeah, out, yeah. get a, give him a banning order, give him a fine. But these guys who show real aggression, who show real hatred, who show real intent. Yeah, throw the book at them. I don't care. They shouldn't they, sh- yeah. they shouldn't be in football. They shouldn't be in society for me. So, um yeah. You know, I'm I'm happy with the with the 6-year banning order. I'm happy with a happy with a custodial sentence in that case. Um just got to send a message out and I think we live in a real woke society and I've said this many a time on this show you know the the libertarians uh, are ruling the roost at the moment you know I I was in a I was in a local authority meeting not so long ago when they're talking about all this investment in money uh, to to get to to give people training courses to change their ways on some basic elements of just being part of a decent society you know uh, look for me I've had enough of that 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 woke-ism. Just short, short, sharp shock treatments. Yeah, yeah. Send him down. He'll soon change his ways.
3: Mm. Uh, just you mentioned the Bamford thing, uh, Ryan. Yeah. That was that, that that was unnerving for him, wasn't it? When he missed the penalty Massively. against Newcastle, he had people outside his house.
2: Yeah, they rocked up to his house apparently, and uh, and that's ridiculous. I mean, like that's ridiculous. I mean, how they've gone and gotten his address, obviously. You know, you see it, and you know, not only that, you see some players that are, you know, wasn't it um, wasn't it Jack Grealish that had his house robbed while he was playing because they knew he was obviously on the pitch, sort of thing. Like they, you know, that sort of stuff. I'm sorry, the
0: the best, the best, the best uh, one of those was Duncan Ferguson. The
2: fools tried to do it while he was in the house. Yeah, and got
5: pummeled, absolutely pummeled (laughs)
0: from
2: Ferguson. Yeah. Yeah, but Patrick yeah. Bamford is. Yeah, you're absolutely right. He's is a, the a camp sample there. He missed that penalty, and he had fans rocking up isn't outside his house. And he and, he, and he said disgusting. that he said that was going to be the it. He didn't want to. He said, you know, that football's nowhere near big enough for him. That you know to to have his you know his family and everyone threatened like that. So, I mean, that's disgusting. Imagine that you're already feeling bad enough missing a penalty, then you rock home and you got fans all <laughs> congregated outside why, your house. That's
0: why a lot of footballers live outside of the areas where they. Apply their trades, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's easy why to Why would you want to live if
0: you're in that much of the public eye? And we know football is, is full of passion and emotion, but emotion can boil over into situations like that. Why would you want to live on Tyneside if you played for Newcastle? Why would you want to live on side if you played for Borough? You know, why would you want to mm. live on, on, on Wearside if you played for Sunderland? If that's what it can lead to. Yeah, scary. Yeah. I mean
4: is it is scary. it any wonder they want to go and live in places like Saudi and earn absolute mega bucks and just not have the hassle?
0: Because there's only mm-hmm. 600 in the
2: stadium. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's a great point. You're absolutely right. Maybe that's a part of it as well. quality of life
4: as much as anything, isn't it? Well, it's it's
0: Matty Crooks, you know, leaving the borough to go to Rail Salt Lake. You know, I've lived in America. I was fortunate to live there for four and a half years. It's a brilliant place to live in. I don't know how old his kids are, but it's a fantastic place to bring your kids up. So that quality of life he could experience, knowing the alternative was... Is he going to get another deal with the borough? Is he not? Is he going to remain exactly. a bit part player? Is he not? You know, and you can go to Salt Lake. You can you can have a decent contract in the MLS. All right, it's not mega bucks, but what a quality of life you'll get. Yeah, exactly.
2: Great point.
3: OK, we are coming up to uh, 7.30. Still lots to get through on the uh, the East footy brekkie show. Uh, more football-related rather than fan-related, you'll be pleased to hear. But uh, as always, uh, we have uh, some sports headlines and we'll be back after this.
1: Across the northeast.
0: Hey fellas, I've got to ask you, what do you think about the uh, the referee's three card trick? Now, I mean, I, I hope refs aren't colorblind because he's got that many court. cards. <laughs> he's got that many cards to pull out: red, yellow, blue. We'll have green next, no doubt, for something, you know. And then maybe we can get onto a nice turquoise, you know. It's, who knows? What do you reckon? Blue card, blue card for the blue card for the sin bin boys.
2: I, mean, I, I
3: just ridiculous. think they, they should leave this alone, lads. Honestly, I genuinely. I mean, we're, 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 you know, we've had we've added VAR, which has been an absolute farce. We've now we're now talking about ah, sin, which bin,
2: PGMOL have come out and admitted. It is damaging yeah. the game. yeah yes. we spoke about that yesterday, and the stats. Steve broke down the stats for it yesterday. It's Crazy, cut.
3: that yeah. But blue, blue, blue cards, sin bins. I mean, you know, the, it's it's the Americanisation of the of the beautiful game, isn't it? It's what they're it's what they'd love to do. They'd they'd love to bring in as many things as they can. I mean, this is a is it a rugby union idea? This which they've which they've had in the past. I mean, for me personally, what, what I th- I think this will just result in teams sitting back, putting ten men ten men behind the ball. Um, and you know making the game less of a spectacle I, I yeah. just don't I just don't think it's a great idea at all I, I really don't and what a great idea take a player off for 10 minutes so um you know he's 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 completely you know not in the flow of the game i mean it could lead to more injuries with players um muscle injuries you know because they're, they're sitting doing nothing I just genuinely just I hate the idea. I think it's I think yeah. it's a, I think it's a bad idea, and I, I'm going to give the blue card the red
1: card.
3: <laughs> I oh, oh I like what you did no, there. I tell you what mean, I love about this: really it's more. going
0: to cause absolute mayhem because who's going to who's going to control the who's going to control the sin bin and what happens if there's multiple players in there? Who's yeah, going to exactly. who's going to work out the ten minutes for that player? But it's ten minutes for that player. It's ten minutes yeah. for that player, and then and then during the game, two blues equals a red. Yes. A red, a red and uh, sorry, a yellow and blue equals a red. A red equals a red. Two yellows equals a red. <laughs> Jeez, I'm telling you. <laughs>
2: one blue, one yellow equals a green. You know, I mean that's the way we're yes. going down, isn't it? I mean, like, which I means mean, you got to walk ice. home and look at the bus. I watch ice hockey. Do you know what I mean? And it's in that, and it is so so silly. I mean, they call it um, I don't know what they call it, but it's like. Uh, a period where the other team obviously has an advantage, and it is, and, and, and totally you are gonna clear. see it, you know what I mean? It's gonna literally be, you know, 10 minutes of the other team then pushing as hard as they can, you know what I mean? While well, you're 10 men down for 10 minutes, it just changes the game to be more Americanized because Americans are gonna be, oh, yeah, I know we have that, we have that in our ice hockey, you know, blah blah blah. blah. It's, it's silly, leave it alone. We need 11 men on that pitch, you know, it's not many men. Uh, on that pitch, as there is, do you know what I mean, so to take one man down is it, for only ten minutes as well, and what's the ruling behind it like what is it How do you determine that maybe it's not a red it's not as serious as a red, but it's it's worse enough that it 's not a yellow what the saying uh, is do you know what I mean the like, two for the trials which are going
0: to take place in this country, so we're going to see it. Uh, What they're saying is, and I've just posted a video that Darren, Daz Williams, uh, from the Three Legends fame, posted on the Three Legends WhatsApp uh, group that we don't talk about. So you'll see it on Ah. on your phones now, guys, uh, which is hilarious. Um, But what they're saying is it's going to be for cases of dissent (laughs) and also, if you like those, um, I hate the term professional fouls, but these tactical fouls. You know where yeah. the player's going to go through, trips and and and, and you want to take them out to stop stop you know the attacking player, which would normally bring a yellow card, but they're saying they should be punished more heavily, so they'll get a blue card for that. Oh, um, my but goodness. but I've got you know what's going to are we going to have VAR over blue card decisions?
3: Was force. it
0: tactical Or was it not tactical Let's go to VAR To see whether we're going to get A blue card or not Depends
4: if it's a Premier League come round on, Come on Or come if it's on. A, a windy Tuesday I mm. I, I, um, I can only apologise to the listener um, oh, For, right. for Why having to listen to these old men uh, You know, <laughs> Obviously <laughs> Watson Flying in the face of change And progression I wish of the I game
0: had, I wish I had a blankety we blank got blah, blah. We got him yeah. We got him <laughs>
4: Cut him off uh, for 15. That was, that was family we'll fortunes.
0: Was <laughs> it? <laughs> um, okay, there you
4: go. I, I say trial it. I honestly do. I, I say trial it. And let's let us see what happens. I'm, I'm, not, I'm just being open-minded. I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit here. I, I do understand the concerns. But, Steve, you know, you mentioned about the injury side of things. You don't see those injuries in rugby league where it happens. Now, rugby league is a lot more physical than what football is. By a long, long way. It is a game Um, for ruffians
0: played by gentlemen.
4: Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Um, What you tend to find in rugby leagues is actually they do have an exercise bike by the side of the pitch and they literally keep their legs going and they sit on an exercise bike while they're, uh, you know, very, very slowly turning (laughs) things over. But listen,
0: I think we should get Sinbin players to do ballet
4: in front of the crowd. There you go. As far as things like descent, for me, you know, Robin, Robin, a game like a, a high-profile derby, um, you, you know, where Dan, Dan Neil gets sent off.
0: Exactly, he deserved it. It was dissent. Yeah. No,
4: he did not. No, he He's did not. He's going to get. No, he did not. Give him another yellow. Give him another yellow spectacles. Yeah. <laughs> you're looking at that through smoggy <laughs> glasses, aren't you?
0: That, <laughs> that smoggy, smoggy Aussie glasses. Yep. A
4: ten minutes, a ten minute spell on you the morning, bench Jared. of going, go and think about what you just said, Uh What you just said then absolutely fine. You, you know, you, the, the punishment's there. The team's then got to struggle. The, I do have concerns, what what Steve raised to point there, about maybe teams sitting back a little bit too much. But, you know, let's try it, lads. You know, it, 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 it may progress. It may be a, a, a decent thing for the game. It may not be. But I don't think we should ever rule anything out without at least trying it first. Yeah.
0: And, and in all seriousness, I'm thinking just purely in the case of dissent... I mean, the referee should have a big enough pair to be able to handle it, first and foremost. Yeah. But if he hasn't, you know, the yellow card for dissent is, is a retrospective punishment. It does nothing in the game. What it does is it gives him another yellow card towards his total to, to get him suspended for a game at some point later, you know, that, that season. What the blue card's going to do in the case of dissent is it's probably going to turn his teammates against a player. Because they're going to be down to 10 men for 10 minutes. So it's going to be, shut your trap, get on with the game, because they don't want to go down to 10 men, to 9 men, yeah. to 8 men possibly. I mean, we, we don't know the intricacies of of this trial and you know can you have more than one one player in the sin bin at a time you know because you could end up with eleven against seven if you get a real you know heated Dan Byrne moment where he gets sent off for something and then six players crowd round the referee and you can see blue cards coming out like confetti at a wedding you know so we don't know the intricacies of it but the credit I will give it in the case of dissent and I think these using it for tactical fouls is ridiculous But the credit, I will give it for dissent, is it gives the referee something else just to turn that pressure onto the player for how he's behaving on the field rather than the focus be on the referee for having to do somebody for what a player's said to him.
2: But isn't dissent all relative, Dave? I mean, wouldn't each referee have their own sort of opinion of what level of dissent yeah. is what, I mean, where's the line? Do you know what I mean? Oh, look, you know, I used to A player I used to might say it. to you, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? But then you get someone like Jared Gallette who might hate it. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and you, you, he, so it, a player might one a week Look, say, it depends. Yeah, I mean, it depends. one player might say, oh, come off at referee, you're having a laugh or something like that. Next week says the same thing and then he's a blue card for it. Do you know what I mean? So that's it that's is. what I think I struggle with because each referee now has more power for something that they might individually find right or wrong. It, look, it's 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 massively subjective
0: because what is dissent to one referee uh, exactly. compared to another? Um, FIFA, well, FIFA through IFAB, uh, the International Football Association Board, which which are the basically the governors of the laws of the game. Um, they tried to make the laws black. They they have over the past fifteen years tried to make the laws black and white. So it takes subjectivity out of it. You cannot do that with dissent because it's all to do with personal tolerance level. It's all to do with that moment in the game. What's the temperature at? Managing 22 players on the field. You know, all of that goes into your decision making. But you do get some players who are wind-up merchants. And no matter how many times you try and help them, you'll have, you know, as a ref, you've got a lot of, you've got a lot of tools that fans don't realise in your armoury. There's things like the, your man-management style to start off with. You can have quiet words with these players as you run past them. You can have public rebukes where you do the old, stop the game, number nine, come here, so everybody sees you're having a word. You can give them yellow cards. You can give them red cards. There's lots of things you can do as a ref. You know, you're just adding another blue card on there. Well, OK, look, if it helps by turning the focus of the player's behaviour on himself to his teammates because they're gonna be short of players for ten minutes, then 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 great, give that one a go. But yeah, I used to I used to really hate booking booking, there's the old the old phrase. Giving a yellow card to a player for dissent. Because in a way I thought that meant I'd failed to manage him. But there are just mm. there are some players that hate referees, hate officialdom you know, don't like it for whatever reason, detest the the laws, which the the way they have to be applied because they think it's wrong. You know, for whatever reason, they just will not comply. They will not behave themselves. It's all part of the fun of the fair for them. You know, and they're the sort of ones I used to go, I've run out of patience, mate. Here, stick this up your nose.
4: Yeah. Plus, look at it the other way as well, lads, because, like, you know, they spend 10 minutes on the sidelines for dissent. Imagine, you know, the, the earache they're going to get off their manager because, you know, they've let their team down and the the down a man for 10 minutes. They get absolutely ratified by some managers and, you know, that in essence helps clean up the and, game. Which and that's is something the part I like.
0: On. That's the part I like because the punishment is immediate and the focus yeah. is on the player and everybody knows it's behavioural. That's the problem. Yeah. Um, Whereas before you give a yellow, people go, is that dissent or was that for the challenge? Or was that, you're not quite sure. So that is a positive. That is definitely a positive. Would I like to have a third card in my pocket? You know, if I was still refing. I'd probably give it a go, you know, I'd probably give it a go, but I just don't like the idea of a blue card. Right. Creeping next to you, Black American Express. Creeping yay. <laughs> creeping uh yeah, thanks, mate. Uh, it's a black one. Um <laughs> I just don't I just don't like the idea of that blue card creeping into other areas of the game. You know, dissent by it's all ridiculous. means because it's an embarrassment to a player. Yeah. Do it.
3: Mm. Okay, interesting wow, stuff, lads. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a debate and a half. Um, I mean, we're going to see it. It's going to be brought in the FA Cup, the blue cards, lads. Um, Should we? We'll I've to got see one, how. by
0: the way. I've got one. I've got a blue card at home.
3: What? But it. But it. What, what, what I had to get it? them from
0: hockey. There were hockey cards because they used to. Use, I think it was hockey. They used blue cards, but I used to do it in oh. rest training. Um, ah. When, when oh we right. used to. When I used to do. Coaching sessions with refs, or used to coach the media on the laws of the game. You know, from a media perspective, um, so they better understood what what they were seeing when they were doing commentary and all that sort of stuff. So um, used it's to use a blue card for that. Now, now it's coming it in. It's all, it's all my fault. You it started is. this. You started, started this.
3: Um, yep. Everton boss Sean Dyche lads uh, says managers should be given more leeway for the behaviour on the touchline because of the amount of emotion mm. during
2: a game. Is he right? Blue card. No. Nah, we'll card card. get him in the sin yeah, bin. Now, nah, nah, nah. nah. honestly, uh, you know, all. let's be let's be serious. We need to bring in a orange card and that's for re- that's for managers now. Oh uh, my so god, we, you know we, we need another card. I just had a thought. I just had a great thought. <laughs>
0: in that sin bin you should have
2: the naughty chair. <laughs> oh. Now, nah, look, I, I, I get what he's saying. I mean, you get some managers that are much more passionate, much more uh, I guess you know, animated on the touch lines than others some you know like michael carrick you know it'll take a, an earthquake for him to, to to uncross his arms and get a reaction out of him but yeah someone like sean dyche or uh, the west brom boss whose names you know he's he's the most animated bloke i've ever seen on a touch line so I, I, I get it and i think the emotions are right you know are very very high for a manager especially someone in a relegation zone or what it means to them on their career i completely I, you know i completely get it um but i i i think in terms of giving them more leeway well we've just we've just spoken about it for a good 10 minutes of how players are getting less leeway now they're going to be carded for for dissent and stuff like that so no i don't think i don't think they should be given more leeway because where does the again where does the line stop so uh i think you know as a manager you know you're meant to be the old enough the, the the cool head the the uh head coach if you will that the players look up to and if you if i'm I'm the type of player i'm not sure how you guys are but i'm the type of player but if i was on the pitch and i looked over and saw my manager going absolutely nuts at the referee i'd be you know, i'd be like well what's you know what's happening what's you know it takes it, it ruins my my mental uh then when i should be focusing on the game sort of thing so no i don't think he should be given more leeway i think he should be he should learn to rein it in and approach it in a different uh matter of fact because they are the leader of the club they are the ones that are in front of every, you know, the media straight after the game. They speak to the referees. They got the fourth official there. They need. They've got a box there where they have to stay in. They need to learn. He needs to learn to to, to be able to rein it in and show emotion, but without being without crossing the line. I think.
3: Mm, okay, yeah. what's your thoughts, Ted?
4: I I think it's got wider-reaching effects. I, I completely agree with Rai, which which is uh, that's a first, isn't it? Uh, hundred yes. percent agree. But it's. I'd, I'd add something to that in the fact that it has a, b- a bigger effect. And what I mean by that is, Steve, when you were grown up and you in you were you were playing football with your mates on the street, all that sort of thing, you were probably pretending to be Kevin Keegan or or Beardsley yep. or whoever, you know, you looked up to your idols and you, you mimicked your idols. Now, the same things happens. the same thing happens with young coaches. They they copied the behaviour, they copied the tactics, you know. The next batch of young coaches all want to be the next Mourinho or you know the the next Pochettino or or whoever you know everybody wants to be Pep. They don't just look at the way they set their teams up; they look at the way they behave, and you can see it. I've I've seen it plenty of times in Sunday League where you know, literally, man- managers of pub teams just taking it far too seriously and being really over the top with referees, getting leery, all that kind of thing. No, it's it, the managers and coaches have got to be role models as well. And, and yep. as far as Daish, I love Daish, yeah, I really do. I've, I've I got do a lot too. of time for Sean Daish. Fantastic coach. They, he, he does what he does very, very effectively. But nah, unfortunately, I, I think Sean's got this one wrong. I think it, they've got to tour the line, they've got to know where that line is. And, you know, just because it's an emotional sport doesn't mean it's okay to be over emotional about it.
3: Yeah. yeah. Okay, Dave. Dave, what's your thoughts? I mean, I, I, I'll tell you where I stand. I, I genuinely think, um, you know, the the behaviour of, of managers is just as important as the behaviour of football players. Um, I agree um, wholeheartedly with the lads that that you know that the kind of thing that. Um, you know, we see our Tetter do on a regular basis, Jurgen Klopp. Um, they may yeah. well think that it's clever. They may well think that it's the dark arts game management that they're taking the pressure off the team because all the focus is on them, turning their back on the pitch, gesticulating to the fourth official, whatever. But it's the kind of message it sends to people at home. And and, and we see a kids, I'll broaden that to adults as well. Um yeah. If they see somebody like Jurgen Klopp or Arteta having to go to fourth official, that encourages the kind of things we sometimes see at the lower level, um, that you know lower down the pyramid, where you know basically we see you know we, we, even down to kids football where we see adults you know harassing a, a referee, you know a young referee trying to work his way up the ladder because he's got a decision wrong. It's it it does have that ripple effect whether Arteta, Sean Deich, and and Klopp in particular think. You know that it doesn't have that kind of effect. They need to really look at themselves and say, "Look, we're representing this football club. Um, not only are we re- representing ourselves, we're also representing the team." And it's, I get it. I get where Sean Dyche is coming from on emotion. It is an emotional game. I know. I've managed a football team for twenty years. I know how. I know how emotional it gets on the sidelines. But you do need to yeah. give yourself a check. Um, and you know, ultimately, I think you know they were supposed to be bringing in the the new rules and regs for, for you know to, to to calm calm people down on the sidelines and and i i've got to be honest at the start of the season we saw a couple we saw a couple of people suffer from it you know we saw people getting yellow cards and we saw people eventually serving bans i think pep guardiola did he have one or maybe he's two um yeah, he's at the start two. of the season so you know i I just think that I think Daesh is wrong in the in, in that respect. It doesn't take you much as a professional um you know to to behave yourself on the sidelines if you know we, we don't see we don't see managers getting you know into trouble on a night out I, I I'd struggle to tell you if I've even heard of a manager being you know caught in a nightclub or outside a bar causing trouble in 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 you know in in, in recent years and We've seen some all of the Dice people. dance. Ah, But if you can behave yourself If you can behave yourself when you had a few bevvies And you're out on the town as a manager You can behave yourself without bevvies on the sideline Come on lads, it's yeah. it's, it's, it's common sense yeah. But yeah, well, I mean, what's, what's your I thoughts as a agree. former official Dave, I mean you know, managers on the sidelines Have you had trouble, have you had bothering Do you agree with what Sean Dice says
0: I've only got one thing to say It's embarrassing
4: he
1: said,
3: hey, he's, he's back. Yeah. Yeah. Hey! Yeah. So, no, no, we missed in it.
0: all seriousness, I think, as uh, yes, I have had trouble. You always get trouble. Um, managers can be just as vocal as players. Uh, you can't get away from where the manager is, though, uh, because he's always nailed to that sideline. You know, the, the players can move around, the ref can move around away from players. Yeah, you could, you know, you've got to patrol as a referee. You've got a certain area you must cover on the field, so you know, ultimately you will, you will come across a manager, you can't just disappear and go and referee on the other side of the pitch, when it comes to, when it, certainly when it comes to the, the pro- professional game. So it's always a problem. Um, I think a good referee can understand emotion, a good referee can have his finger on the pulse of a game when he knows a manager, or there's a contentious decision, which is, which has been made, which is being made, or which is about to be made, where, you know, you're going to inflame a manager. You do your homework as a good match official, so you know how managers react. You know what to expect from them in various situations on the field. I mean, this is at the highest level. You can't do this on a Sunday morning because, you know, you get spread around as a referee through hundreds of clubs. So you'll never you'll never know on a Sunday morning in grassroots football what they're like. Um, so I think a referee at the highest level should, you know, should have done his homework, should be aware... Um, and and you use those man management skills from the moment you walk into into the stadium because you'll see the managers before kickoff. Um, it gets gives you that chance to to have a chat with them. Now that's you know, that's for you to come across how you want to come across, whether you're gonna be, hey, no nonsense today, you you've immediately built a brick wall between you and him, or whether you're going, you know, hi hiya Joe, how's it going? You know. I'll tell you one story. I'll tell you one story from when I was refereeing in Asia. I was in Singapore and there was an absolute uh, legend of uh, like the david beckham of singapore football who was managing and, and i got a, an international it was a, it was an under i think it was a, a, an under 18 international to to do so it was the national team under 18s and i'd sent i'd sent this manager off in a, uh, in that game Because I had to send one of his players off Because he threw a punch He came running onto the field screaming at me And it's basically Get yourself off my field Go If you're going to approach me like that And be aggressive Enter the field of play um, You know cursing and swearing He was gone I didn't realise he was an absolute legend I'd just arrived So the next morning there's a double page spread With me with my finger pointing And him with his head bowed walking off the field So I'd (laughs) I'd upset the, the nation at that point But then about two months later He also managed the under eighteen Singapore team in the National League, which is where they had a development team playing, you know, in in professional football. And I walked onto the field, and I could see him thinking, oh, here we go. And, And I'm doing, with my assistants, I'm doing, you know, walk around, check the goals well before kick-off, check the field conditions, making sure there's nothing dangerous as you're supposed to. And he's walking around talking to his assistant. And our paths eventually crossed. And we were within about 20, 30 yards of each other. And he just looked up, and he just went, Ref, you'll have no problem from me today. No. And it just shows you how one game can change. And and Sundrum, he was a he, look, he was a great player, he's a national hero. And and I got on with him fine after that point, but it took a you know, a real flare-up in a game. Yeah, and, it, yeah. and and in that situation it took me to be to be strong and just say, get off. You know, there you go. Uh, we didn't show red cards at the time, that's how old I am, to, to managers. Um, But that changed it completely, yet I had other relationships where I could laugh, I could joke, you know, I'd sent players off for a manager, and the manager would come up to me at the end of the game, not give me any any abuse during the game, and he'd go, Dave, tell me what you saw. And I explained, and he went, yeah, Yeah. you've got a point, you should have gone. So it all depends on who the manager is, but the main thing is how the referee deals with these managers. Now, Daishi is one of those like we talked earlier with 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 players you know there's not an awful lot of deep respect there there's not a deep well of respect for match officials he'll he'll curse and scream and shout and you've got to know that as a manager you've got to start thinking with your man management skills which is look the number one responsibility for a for a ref is to keep 22 players safe and not eat sandwiches the second one the second one is to control the game you know yeah I'm sorry and, and, and a lot of people in county FAs listening to this around the Northeast will be going, uh, but what about, you know, applying the laws of the game correctly? What about spotting decisions correctly, etc., etc.? et, cetera, et cetera? No, those are your two priorities. Keep the players safe. Mm. Control yeah. the game. Then get your decision-making spot on. Absolutely. But yeah. you can't do that if you're not controlling the game.
3: Yeah, it's yep. a good point. Like it's a, it's a like really, that, yeah. it's a really, really good point. I mean, uh, I, I live uh, close to. Uh, well, I'm seeing one of me, one of me mates. His two sons have both gone into refereeing, lads. Uh, fair, fair play to them, and they're working their way up the ladder. Um, it's, it's great to see. I think we need to have a bit more encouragement. I think for, for for kids coming through, um, who who maybe aren't good enough to play football, but fancy going in, you know, fancy going into that because I, I don't feel it's a dying art, but we we've certainly got a shortage of, of referees, haven't we? And I, I know we've had the discussion on here before, Dave, about having um, former players going into it. I, yeah. You know, I, I'm not I'm not sure that that's you know it could be beneficial, you know, in, in some way, shape or form. Although I think that there's always going to be that problem of familiarity or you know accusations of biased depending. Depending on which teams they've played for um you know you can imagine Roy Keane you know refereeing a Newcastle game oh. for instance um but <laughs> you know for, for me I just think we need I think there needs to be a bit more of a drive you know for new for, for new blood coming through that does the FA are trying to do it
0: they're trying to bring refs through uh they've got the core program which accelerates those who they spot uh in grassroots football you know for an accelerated progress they get they get they get deeper training, more regular training, coaching, development sessions. So, that, you know, that work, that work is, uh, is ongoing. But I, th- I still think the biggest problem you face, uh, and it comes, it comes down to the fundamental issue of education, you know, there are a set of laws of the game which referees have to learn, and then they are coached and taught how to apply them in a match exactly. situation. However players and coaches want to play the game the way they want to play and it doesn't matter what the laws of the game state it's wrong because that should not happen as exactly. a player i know how to play the game and this should happen and it's quite contrary to what the laws of the game state but because players disagree with it it becomes the referee's problem and that's what causes a lot of situations on the pitch
2: i think you're wrong dave I just simply wait till you get home <laughs> to eat a sandwich yeah it's as simple as that if you want a sandwich, wait till you get home, all right. I, I mean, stop doing a job on Chris Wilder, all right, and wait till you eat <laughs> your sandwiches till you get home. It was Simple a prawn. It was a prawn sandwich, mate, to match the crowd. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: that has got to be one of the most funniest things we've seen so far this season. That no, really yeah, has. Not wrong. It really, it really has. But yeah, look, I, I mean, you know, we're, we're tailing off towards uh, towards the the hour mark and, and and the news. But yeah, I I think that you know, I think there does need to be, um, you know, just just look in the mirror, Sean Dice. You know, have a look at what have a look at what you do on a, on a match day, and and tell me if you think that if you're if you you know if you're Kids are watching at home.
2: Exactly.
3: Do you really want to see, you know, you jumping up and down and, and you know hammering a, an official and, and shouting and ball and it's 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 not the best ways. And I think Eddie Howe is probably a great example of how to yep. be a football manager. Yep. Um, he is the the epitome of calm on that sideline, and you know we he doesn't give away much on the sideline. I can imagine him going into the dressing room and getting his message across to the players in a in a you know in a more you know I'm sure I'm sure he goes in there and, and, and shouts and balls when things aren't going right. But he keeps it to himself. He's very calm, cool and collected. Time and he a gets place. In the dressing Yeah, exactly. And and let's yeah. face it, if you're if you're in a stadium with forty 000 to fifty thousand in lads, um what you know and, and, and the crowd as we yeah, know is is exactly. loud. Exactly can you really get a message across to your exactly. players by shouting and bawling at them across the? City? Of course you can't. They're not listening. They're focused on the game. They're watching where the ball is. They're watching what they're watching. The positioning. They might turn and look, but. Very rarely can a manager get, uh, you know, his viewpoint across, you know, you know, in match play, and and I think ultimately, you know, the the saying is when you go across that white line, it you know, it's out of our control, and I think you know that's that's another thing that Sean Sean Dyche needs to be like. There's
0: one other point as well which seems to get missed by managers, uh, and and there are two scenarios you've talked about: managers getting the message through to the players, but the 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 other scenario is the manager getting on the ref's back and giving him dogs abuse and constantly having a go. When I was refereeing, any manager that you shout, screamed and bellowed annoyed me. So am I yeah. going to do him a favour yeah. during a game?
2: Yeah, exactly. Whereas yeah, those managers
0: awful. who can disagree with you, absolutely, they can question you, but they're not annoying and aggravating like, mm. like, like the little terrier-like ginger nut. Then, mm. you know, you, you, if, if they suddenly bark at you, you're going to go, ooh, he doesn't exactly. normally do that. Have I got something wrong? It's a rough
2: bark as well, isn't it? Yeah. Hey, put your sandwich
0: there. But if he's if if he's going to scream at me for eating sandwiches while I'm running around a the pitch, then he's just going to get on my nerves, and I'm going to give him nout.
3: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Okay, we're at eight o'clock, lads, and it is time for the news. <laughs>
1: The red, the tune, the cat, weather.
0: Ah, oh, not good. Cloudy with spells of rain. Heavy at times. Falling asleep and snow on the highest ground this morning. Uh, winds gradually easing throughout the afternoon. It's going to feel cold. Maximum temperatures 6 degrees Celsius. Tonight, showers. Longer spells of rain this evening. Uh, overnight dry. It's going to be dry, clear with clear conditions. Chances of patchy fog or low cloud is likely. Minimum temperatures not good. 2 degrees. <laughs>
1: From Yarm to Yibbe, Herrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve and Ted.
2: Right across the North the
1: Red, the tune, and the Cat.
0: No doubt, Ted's going to tell me it's enough, but I I'm like that up. five for fighting hundred years. Jeez, that's really
4: out. pumped me up for the weekend. Yay!
3: Boy. I knew he'd make the comment. <laughs> oh. Yes.
4: Absolute dreary nonsense. <laughs> oh. Love him. Made me feel
3: things. Hey love boys, him. I love
4: you. Did love it? I, I made me. me feel things. It was made me feel for me sick bucket.
1: Yay!
3: <laughs> Good stuff. Welcome we
1: back to, made to
4: up the, North the East. sticks. <laughs> we need up the sticks with the music on this show, like. Steve, bring your jam records out
3: <laughs> I will mate, I will <laughs> Welcome back to the Northeast Footy bracket Show It is uh, 8 minutes past 8 on Friday morning And uh, I think we should have Some club headlines
0: you, you want some club headlines, ok How's this for one? <laughs> oh yes
1: There we
3: go Do you like that
0: one? Is that good for a club headline? Is that better love lads? It. Yes. Okay, let's get rid of it and do this instead. Smoggies and Sounds crowd. like Billy
2: Elliot's Borough News. Good morning, Borough fans. How are you? Happy Friday, you beautiful human beings. Well, our club headlines have come in a bit of a shock, ladies and gentlemen. Matt Crooks is travelling to America to complete a move from Middlesbrough to real Salt Lake City. With Michael Carrick confirming yesterday in his press conference. He said that the MSI had registered an interest in the versatile midfielder over the last week or so with their transfer window for international players only opening on, the Jan- on January the 31st. Borough ultimately reached an agreement with them after Crooks expressed his desire to explore what is expected to be a very lucrative move for him and his family. The 30- 30-year-old has just 18 months left on his Borough contract and has been a bit part player since Carrick's arrival at the club. It's understood that it'd been an opportunity he couldn't he couldn't turn down, and Burrow have decided not to stand in his way after two and a half years of excellent service at the club, but still letting the tree go. Sad day, Burrow fans, and Andy Campbell believes if Burrow continue to fall away from the top six, it's time to get some youngsters in, and I couldn't agree more. If Borough aren't clear mathematically to make the playoffs, then Cam reckons it's time to give the youngsters a berth and unearth a new hackney heading into next season. Players like AJ Matthews, AJ Bridge, have been in fine form in the under-21s, as has regular bench player for the first team, Law McCabe. Could we see one of them unearth a new gem towards the end of the season? And is Marcus Force the best answer to Borough have at the moment to play as our number nine this weekend? Well, 92.7% of Borough fans think yes, that it certainly is. Could we see Marcus Ford lead the line this weekend with Josh Coburn still returning back from that surgery? As well as no Latte Lath. Will Marcus Force lead the line against Borough? Time will tell what Carrick believes, but 92% of fans thinks he's the answer. There's your Borough headlines. Goodbye to Matty Crooks, you absolute legend. I absolutely loved him and around the club. A sad day for them. On to the weekend against Bristol City. Come on, Barra. MGA Magpies
1: lines. and Proud. Mag News. Good
3: morning, Newcastle fans. A Chelsea fan who assaulted Newcastle United goalkeeper Martin Dubravka has been fined £807 and given a three-year football banning order. Jordan Chidley, 25, ran onto the pitch during a Carabao Cup quarter-final tie at Stamford Bridge in December. He admitted assault by beating and unlawfully going onto a playing field at a football match. He also ordered to pay a victim surcharge of £325 and cost of £85. As a side note, the Leeds fan who confronted Eddie Howe on the touchline at Ellen Road last April has received a 12-month prison sentence and a six-year football ban in order and a life ban from Leeds United Games. David Derbyshire, who's 35, pleaded guilty to common assault and unlawfully going onto a playing field at a football match. Saturday sees Newcastle back in Premier League action, facing Nottingham Forest at the City ground in a 5.30 start live on Sky Sports. All 2,950 away tickets have been sold. and This will be Newcastle's 6th Premier League visit here, Uh, they've remained unbeaten in the first five, drawn the first three and winning the most recent two. There is optimism that Anthony Gordon will be available despite going off injured against Luton with a twisted ankle and Callum Wilson should be okay which will compensate for the loss of Alexander Izak to yet another injury. And tickets for Newcastle's FA Cup fifth round visit to Ewood Park have now sold out uh, they sold out at the ten point mark on Thursday. Newcastle face Blackburn at seven forty-five Tuesday, twenty-seventh of February. Don't worry if you've missed out on the ticket; it is live on BBC One. That's the Newcastle headlines on Friday, the 9th of February.
1: Mackems and proud. Black Cats News.
4: Good morning Sunderland fans and happy Friday Michael Beale says Sunderland midfielder Corey Evans is still not especially close to a return to fitness After more than a year out injured The Northern Irishman suffered a serious knee injury against Middlesbrough back in January 2023 And had to have surgery to repair cruciate ligament damage It's all been eerily quiet on Evans since And while Michael Beale says he is making progress He is not expecting him back particularly soon Michael Beale believes that he has some serious competition in forward areas, with Lewis Hemir firing himself into the head coach's thoughts in midweek. Hemir put in a fine performance for the under-21s this week, scoring the only goal in a 1-0 win over Bristol City. It comes at a time when Mason Burstow and Nazari Rusin have also scored in the last two games, and Beale is happy to be seeing players forcing their way into consideration. The we will only know who starts as the preferred striker for shoot tomorrow when the lads take on Plymouth Argyle at home. And finally, speaking of that game, Sunderland will be very happy when they play Plymouth this weekend with a referee where we've actually had some decent results. Well, that's as rare as hen's teeth, but Sunderland have won more than half their games in which Anthony Backhouse has been the referee. Furthermore, half the penalties he has awarded in the Championship this season have gone to Sunderland. Long may that continue. As I said before, kickoff is 3 pm on what's expected to be a very cold weekend across the northeast, so wrap up and please take care on the roads. There are your Friday headlines for Sundland.
1: Woohoo! Nice.
0: Okay,
3: welcome back. <laughs> Where well, it is, yeah, he's he's coming in with all sorts, isn't he? This he morning. Me, Welcome back to the Northeast Footy Breaking Show. Um, we've got uh, forty-five minutes to the show remaining. I think we better start looking ahead to uh, the weekend's games. And as I mentioned in my headlines, Newcastle are taking on Nottingham Forest. It is live on Sky Sports uh, this coming Saturday, five thirty. Kickoff and uh, we visit the City Ground with 2,950 Newcastle fans uh, hitting the road and backing the team. Um, incidentally, I, I mentioned about our great record at the City Ground. The last time we lost a top-flight game there was back in 1987, and a certain Paul Gascoigne scored for Newcastle in a 2-1 wow. defeat on the last day of the season. So that's a a long, long time ago, and we'll be hoping to keep that run going. Injury list doesn't look. Um doesn't look any more promising despite the fact we got Harvey Barnes last week who managed to score on his return. Um, slight optimism on Anthony Gordon. Uh, you know, Eddie Howe of course does his press conference half past nine Friday morning. Um, so I doubt we'll hear too much about it. We'll probably hear that we'll probably hear that he if he is going to have an outside chance of featuring that he'll train a and we'll make a judgment later. That tends to be Eddie's line uh, each and every time. Callum Wilson though is expected to return uh, at the weekend, which I As I mentioned in my headlines as well Compensates for Isaac being out for at least two games Nick Pope uh, continues his um, road to recovery. March is the expected time for him to return. Joe Linton, of course, we we probably won't see him until May. Sandro Tonali banned until August, and uh, Elliot Anderson. Uh, rumours circulating yesterday, he could be back within the next two weeks, which is great because there were some rather unsavoury rumours that you know it, it could be it could be you know a season a season out for him, but uh, sounds more promising. Jamal Lascelles, Matt Target, and Joe Willock again news awaited on their fitness as for the yellow cards well there is a threat of a two match suspension for bruno gomarres he needs one more yellow and he will miss the the two games uh, after that and anthony gordon of course should he feature tomorrow is two premier league yellow cards away from suffering the same fate but uh, newcastle won't need reminding that um, you know the last time these two sides played each other um, in the festive period they came out um, on the wrong end of a 3-1 defeat uh, Chris Wood was the man who got the hat-trick former Newcastle United striker of course he's injured this weekend he will not feature and I think that is the the best news really that Newcastle yep. could have had this week in sense of you know Wood, Wood does have a good track record against Newcastle prior to him being a player and after him being a player now uh, they also played midweek um and you know, they they had to play Bristol City and FA Cup fourth round replay. They won a penalty shootout, so a hundred and twenty minutes of football for Not for Not uh, Forest this week, which, which will Butter have as probably well. Yeah, yes, that's that's probably that's probably put Newcastle in a in a good position going into this game. Matt Sells uh, former Newcastle goalkeeper, um, quite you know not quite uh, you know the, the move that he dreamed of when he came to St James's Park, uh, is in goal for Forest. Um, you know he he played in the one one draw at Bournemouth in the Premier League on Sunday. Um, so yeah, we could we could come up against the next Mag. Uh, John Joe Shelby, of course, no longer at Nottingham Forest. Forest are on a winless run in six league and cup games uh, that they've played in 2024 and just to give you a feel of the opposition that they've played uh, Sheffield, uh, Premier League home results remain mixed though uh, they've had three wins Sheffield United 2-1 Aston Villa 2-0 Manchester United 2-1 a trio of draws Burnley and Brentford both 1-1 uh, Luton Town 2-2 five defeats Brighton 3-2 Everton 1-0 Spurs 2-0 Bournemouth 3-2 And Arsenal 2-1 Bit of a mixed bag in there Um, It has to be said Referee for us this weekend is Anthony Taylor, which Good is lad. his third game, third game in charge of a Newcastle fixture. Uh, the two-two draw at Wolves and the four-two loss at Liverpool. And on VAR, which is often switched off in Newcastle games, is Tony <laughs> Harrington. If you want to watch the game in, if you want to watch the game in Newcastle as well as some, uh, there are some places showing it Freight, at Newcastle. Pumphrey's in the Big Market, the Dog and Parrot on Clayton Street, and Wonder Bar in the Gate. Um, so. Lads, I see this really as a chance for Newcastle to to to, to put wrong the right, uh, you know, put, put right the wrong of the the, the defeat, of course, yeah. in December. But I also feel there was some undue criticism for Newcastle and not enough praise for Luton last week. I genuinely felt that I genuinely felt that Luton should have got the praise last weekend. You know, they they, they came, they fought, they they almost conquered. But Newcastle deserved the praise for coming from four two down to pull it back to four four. And yeah. We shouldn't have been in that position But anything can happen in the Premier League I think this is a different game I do think Forrester are on the crest of a slump at the moment And I do feel that Newcastle can go down there And get a result I think that a lot will depend On the million dollar question What does he do at left back Does he play Livramento and drop Dan Byrne Because of a poor run of form Or does he stick with Dan Byrne And sacrifice his left midfielder By making sure that they defend more than they attack um, and I guess a lot of that depends on who's fit if Anthony Gordon's fit, I think burn starts. I think that he's happy with burn and, and and um and Gordon as a as a combination and I think that's because Gordon can do the job he can track back and forwards. I think last week we had Almiron and we had um uh, we had uh, Murphy both coming back from different ailments and injuries who weren't quite up to the job at helping Dan burn and I think I think that Luton saw that and they capitalised on it. I know that Forrest could do the same, but I'm not sure whether pulling Dan Byrne out of the firing line is something that, that, that Eddie Howe will do. There seems to be a loyalty towards him. Um, I think if Anthony Gordon isn't fit, he may well go for a change. He may well go for a left-back and, 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 and put somebody else on that left-hand side, maybe Harvey Barnes. But it's it's all going to come down to availability and who's going to play. You will you will of course talk to with Dan Burn. Um, Dan Burn knew it wasn't his best game, um, but it'll be interesting. I don't go with this this mantra that you know he's the latest boo boy and. He needs to be dropped. We stuck by Kieran Trippier when he went through a bad run of form. And listening to Kieran Trippier's interview last weekend, where he was asked about that by uh, Andy Sixsmith, who um, did the interview for NUFC TV. you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, did did you? How did you feel when you were going through that bad run of form? And he says, well, you know, you you just get on with it, you know, and and you know, you, we had the he said I had the support of my teammates, I had the support of my manager, and I had the support of the fans. And he said it's it's very important. So I think. I think a lot depends on what happens with Anthony Gordon tomorrow. But if Gordon plays, I wouldn't be surprised to see Dan Burn in the left back slot. I will give me prediction now. I will I will say that Newcastle will win a tight game. I'm going to go two one to Newcastle. I don't think we'll see a clean sheet, but I do think Newcastle United is going to win that game tomorrow. And that will be a, a it's an important win because it, it keeps us you know in in catching distance of those European slots, sixth, seventh place is is my target this season. But I do think Newcastle will win, and I think that um, I think it, you know I think two one. I can see Wilson scoring tomorrow as well. Um, think it'll Ryan, be easy for
0: you. I think it'll be easy yeah. for you, Steve.
3: I hope I hope you're yeah. right, mate. I hope you're right. Um, right, yep. come to you, mate. you yep. um, Forest against Newcastle.
2: Yeah, it's interesting that uh, we, we spoke off air just then about Chris Wood, but he's already out, obviously, with the hamstring problem. And now I can't see how their best player in Morgan Gibbs-White can be a good start for them on Saturday either. I mean, he played the full match for Forest last midweek in what was a tough 2-1 home defeat to Arsenal. He then played the whole 105 minutes that were played on Sunday against Bournemouth, and then he was on the pitch for the full 136 minutes last night against Bristol. So... Mm-hmm. You can't tell me he's going to then rock up and play against Newcastle again. So I mean, to have Morgan Gibbs White, who is the Forest talisman, uh, and was excellent against Newcastle in that in at St James Park on that Boxing Day, uh, and then obviously you no know, Chris Wood are both unable. It's it's you know, you're talking a, a completely different team, aren't you? And I, I completely agree. I think it's going to be. Uh, easy for Newcastle. I'd we'd be interested to see if Anthony Gordon does play or not. Obviously we saw him on crutches, but if he is fine, that's a massive boost. But the return of Harvey Barnes, I think you'll start Liveramento, Uh, and I think you'll be too too much for uh too much for Forrest. The only thing for me is uh obviously Newcastle's, you know, striker. I mean, Callum Wilson, can he play the full 90 while Isaac is recovering. Uh, Will he be out there, you know, and and be able to do it? But, you know, Wilson is a natural goal scorer and I think he'll lead the line well. So I'm going for a 3-1 victory to Newcastle. Uh, I think they will be too much for Forrest, especially with no Chris Woods uh, or uh, Morgan Gibbs-White.
3: Okay. Over to you, Ted. Yeah. Um, I
4: hit the rain on this parade.
3: (laughs) No! (laughs) Honestly...
4: Uh, Forrest are very, very difficult to predict Um, When you read those results out that they had If they do get beat at home It's by the odd goal They they never get tranced at home Which tells me that they're they're set up very, very well Um, And and certainly with a new manager I think that's that's definitely proven as well Uh, Not that there was much wrong with Steve Cooper But I, I just think they've gone up a level In terms of management skill now it's a weird one Steve and, and granted I, I get what you mean I'll, I'll address the Dan Byrne thing first of all I, I absolutely agree I think Eddie Howe will leave that as it is um, he showed faith and let Kieran Trippier play himself back into form um, and, I, and I would expect that he would do the same with Dan Byrne as well the thing is that, that Forrest do have some pretty tricky wingers playing for them um, mm-hmm. and Dan Byrne might not have the most comfortable of afternoons if he does play so I I don't know. It's. I think this is a really, really tight one. I think coming away from the City Ground with um, with a draw is not a disgrace, um, and I, I I genuinely feel that, that where that's going to go. I, I just feel that where Newcastle are at right now in terms of yeah they're starting to get people back from injury. The the question mark about Anthony Gordon being fit or not is is a big one because he's for me probably been the player of the season for Newcastle. Um, just just from what I've seen, but. That, that that's my opinion I would probably get shot down by a load of Jordies on that one like, but there you go um, if he's back then then it's more of a chance of a win right now though I, I can't see past a draw I just think it's a really really tough game Forest yes the, they're out of form right now but they'll be looking at that Newcastle game and remember what they did up at St James's Park their tails are going to be up they, they, they're going to fancy this they're going to fancy to get three points out of it let alone a point so it's it's a tough one to call it. Yeah, I think a score draw on this one, personally, for me. I'm going to go for a Desmond. All right, 2-2. Two, two. Dave, what's two, your
3: two. thoughts yeah. on this
0: one? I think it's going to be easy for you, mate. I think it's going to be a 2-0 Newcastle win, and I'll tell you why. Forrest haven't won in the uh, in the league this uh, this year. Um, they've failed. I know they had that great performance against Man U just before New Year, and, and they beat Manchester United 2-1, but since then, they've failed to beat Blackpool. Uh, at, uh, at the city ground They've failed to beat uh, Arsenal Yeah, at the city ground We can give them that one But they've also failed to beat Bristol City At the city ground in that in, in that period of time I think they're on a uh, I think they're on the uh, the slump of a wave uh, Rather than the crest uh, You've already mentioned the players who are going to be missing uh, Who are key talisman for them I really don't think they've got the confidence And self-belief right now to turn Newcastle over So I'm going for a, I'm, I'm. It's not going to be a comfortable game but I'm going for a comfortable victory two 0
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree. No Gibbs-White is massive for them.
3: All right, Rye, right. Middlesbrough.
2: Yes, we'll have sir. Middlesbrough
3: got this weekend? To-
2: Middlesbrough are at home to Bristol City, that team that just played Nottingham Forest uh, in the midweek FA Cup draw. Bristol City losing out on that due to penalties. They are coming off a midweek draw. Middlesbrough have just won two of their last 11 home league matches against Bristol Drawing three, losing six, winning 2-1 in both games in 2017-18 and 21-22. Crystal City are looking to complete their first league double over Middlesbrough since the 2015-16 campaign, and Middlesbrough are unbeaten in their last three league games, winning one, drawing two, their longest streak, uh, since a run of six wins ending in October 2023. It's a massive game for Middlesbrough. Uh, we saw last weekend, them coming against Sunderland, that it wasn't really the firepower we were, we were after. <laughs> We were expected to take three points from Sunderland and no disrespect, Sunderland turned up and played really well. They should have had a few goals in that first half. Uh, the second half, we were all over them. We got that Marcus Force goal and then we kind of sat back and it's going to be interesting uh, about what's going to happen uh, against you know another home victory. We, we often ask, and one of the pundits uh, often said it really well, we don't really know what team... But Middlesbrough rocks up at home ground away from away from home. Our form's actually quite good, and you look back and you think, wow, you know, we're actually stronger away from home, which is funny, being that the Riverside is meant to be our fortress. But you just don't know, and it's got to do with uh, obviously team selection. But we're buoyed this weekend by the return of Riley McGree, the goat. Uh, We've got Sammy Silvira. You'd think Senni Dieng, Carrick said yesterday in the press conference is in and around it. You'd think after that uh, howler from Glover last weekend that maybe Senni Dieng, our number one, comes back as well. Uh, And then, obviously, is Josh Coburn fit to lead the line? You know, time will tell. It's going to be a tough game. Bristol City, uh, no mugs. Uh, They've seen... Uh, that in previous times they've got a very, very good player in Memeti. I really do rate him. Uh, and Bristol City are obviously, you know, right up there looking for exactly what Middlesbrough are pushing for that playoffs. Uh, can they do it? Uh, you know, that time will tell. But Bristol City are on a bit of a, you know, a winless run. The last five, losing three, drawing two. Middlesbrough obviously uh, drawing the last two as well. So both teams in need of a win. Middlesbrough need to, you know, we're a game in hand, but we need to have... Uh, a, a chance to stay within the playoffs group, but we're just going to fall way too far. Uh, Middlesbrough currently on 41 points, Coventry City on 44. You would think if Middlesbrough lose this again, dropping to six or nine points at this stage of the season is just too much. I'm expecting a Middlesbrough win, and I'm expecting it because I think it's our last chance to sort of show that what we are about. Of all the fans have been... I'm um, very upset, I must say, with Matt Crooks being announced that he's going to the MLS yesterday. Uh, and the, the overall feeling was, well, that's it for the season, that Middlesbrough parking the bus and that we won't be pushing for playoffs. And I can't tell you uh, from from you know my point of view that th- there's no way you can go in that dressing room and tell the lads, right, that's it, we're parking the bus, lads, we're not going for playoffs. There's no way you can tell Riley McGree, uh, Sam Greenwood, Josh Coburn, uh dale fry all those lads in that team that they were just going to sit there and not push for anything now just because matt crooks is left matt crooks was a fantastic player in and around the club it's a big loss i think for a personality but he was a bit part player on that on that pitch let's not forget and a few games ago a lot of fans were calling for him never to play again so uh, it's a great move for matt crooks and i wish him all the best i think middlesbrough now have got still what it takes to get into that playoffs table I think we can give Bristol a good run for their money. It's at home, packed Riverside Stadium. Riley McGree, the goat's back. He's going to get two goals, and we're going to win it two 0
3: Okay, Ted.
4: Um, I I do expect a Middlesbrough win out of this one. To be honest with you, um, I think they've just got a little bit too much for Bristol City. Like Rice said, Bristol City aren't in the the greatest form of their lives. You know, the last two, five games, they've got two draws and three defeats their season's effectively over I don't think they'll get relegated I think they're pretty much out of danger for that Uh, 10 points above the relegation zone so uh, Bristol yeah not really much to play for while I think Borough have got that sort of uh, glimmer of hope of getting to the playoffs I think it's pretty much over for Bristol City Um, yeah I'll I'll take (laughs) i take extreme offence at Middlesbrough sort of uh, dominating that that second half get a 30 minute spell um, that that you looked a lot better, I would say, um, and I think with that in mind, I think Carrick's just got that tactical mouse and that that ability to just change the game up a little bit. Um, it, and all right, you haven't got the firepower up front, but what you have got is a very talented midfield when they're on their on their on their best form. And I just, I just think that's going to be far too strong for Bristol City. I, I actually say this is a very comfortable win. I'm, I'm going to go two. I'll, eh, I'll go for a two-nil win. I'll, I'll err on the side of yeah. Course, be sensible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just too strong for Bristol City. I was impressed with the way Carrick um, set Middlesbrough for that second half. The, the way he just sort of he pressed that midfield up another like five or ten yards and, and put pressure on the um, on the opposition. Um, yeah, I, I just think with that in mind, they've just got too much nous and too much ability for for Bristol City.
0: OK, Dave? Uh, depends what Borough turns up. I think that's that's the determining factor on the game. I don't think you're going to see a different Bristol City. One win in the last ten. Um, I know you guys have focused over the last five games, but it's been a horror show for them over the last, yeah, over the last uh, yeah. well, uh, eight, nine out of the, the last ten games. So I, I think you're going to get a deflated Bristol City coming to the Riverside. Watch, they'll probably beat us three 0 now. Um,
2: and <laughs> and
0: and I really don't think uh, they will make the difference on the day. I think it's down to Borough. I, I think it's down to attitude. I think it's down to yeah. the way the players, uh, you know, put themselves into the game, uh, how they approach it. Um, I, we could win this, lose it or draw it. I think it's down to the Borough. Uh, but I am a Borough fan. I am hopeful. Uh, I think the playoffs have gone. I've got to be completely honest. But if we see Force moved into the middle, centre-forward, we see Riley McGree come in from the start, then um, then of course I'm going to back my team and I'm going to say it's going to be a Borough 2-0 win.
2: I was just okay. going to ask you that, Dave, quickly, sorry. I, I We obviously spoke to Cam last night about it. Do you see Force as our number nine for this weekend, considering Coburn and Latte Lath? I mean, Latte Lath's not going
0: to be there. Coburn stands no. a chance. So maybe maybe Carrick looks at Josh and says, he's my centre-forward. Um, yep. So in which case, Force is going to stay out in a wider position. But I would like Force to come in. Um, yeah, I, I really would, because I think he's probably as potent uh, a forward player we've got in and yeah. around the 18-yard box. He's the yeah, guy agreed. who looks like he can, he can grab half-chances. He can move quickly, pick up you know scraps. Um, I'd like to see him given that chance centrally, but yep. it, I think it all depends on how on how Carrick views Coburn. So, uh, yeah, but I want to see him agreeing yeah. because we need a spark now.
2: Yes. All it's
3: right, in. I'm going to go. I'm going to go two one to Borough. Uh, so I'm going to go for a win uh, for Middlesbrough tomorrow, and uh, that takes us nicely into the sport headlines. And I think we've got Jimmy Cobblers coming on.
0: James Copley from the Sunderland Echo joining us after this.
1: Across the northeast.
0: Ah, oh, we're back. The boys are back. And I am Woo-hoo! pleased, I am
1: pleased to say, with his finger on the Sunderland Post
2: it's jimmy coppers
4: yes, <laughs> yes.
2: you know i want to go back oh, in wow. time jimmy and i want to see if it was because uh, race is claiming it as well but i reckon it was me that uh, initially went with the jimmy coppers tagline and i'm really proud of it uh and it's good to see you mate welcome on in <laughs>
5: thank you that's the so best reference i've ever had i think
2: he's stunned <laughs> the man is stunned <laughs> in the silence <laughs>
5: No, that was brilliant. Thank you very much. I've never had a jingle before, so I can um, I can tick that off the list of career goals.
0: There you go. There you go. You've got your finger on the Sunderland pulse, mate. There you go. I have. I have. Anyway, if nothing
5: else, if nothing else, I have my finger on the Sunderland
0: pulse. Man, it's better than having it on the fairy liquid bottle because uh, you know true, your, true, secrets man. are you know secrets are never safe on this show. I phoned him up and he went. Oh, I was just doing the washing up. Wow. <laughs> Good man. That's what I like to see—a modern day. One of them cosmopolitan
4: yeah. lads, indeed.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So come on then. We've done. We've done. Sunderland. We've done. Sorry. We've done. Newcastle at Forest. We've done the Borough. Bristol yep. City. We've got to do Sunderland. So Ted, first words on what you're expecting Sunderland this weekend?
4: For me, uh, and I said this before we played Plymouth last time, and and Luke or nine didn't listen. <laughs> is, if no, it's
0: all his fault, is it? No, <laughs> no. no it. Oh,
4: I'm loving Luke at the minute. To be fair, like he's, he's he's had a real upturn in form, but. If you stop Morgan Whitaker, you pretty much stop Plymouth. Most of the the dangerous play comes through him. They've got one or two other decent players as well. Don't get me wrong; they're actually a nice sight to watch. Plymouth and their their forms yeah. on a, an upturn since you know losing their manager was a big blow, and you kind of think, oh well, that's them finished for the season. But weirdly, it's done them a favour. Last last five games, they had a defeat, then two draws, then two wins. They're actually playing themselves into form. And a lot of that is down to Morgan Whittaker. Whether he's still there next season remains to be seen, because I, I think he's a big, big talent. I really like the lad. But if you close them down, if you stop that play down Plymouth's right-hand side, I think you're in with a shout. And With that encouraging debut performance from Leo Hielder, I, I was so impressed with him. There was a few fans having, having a little grumble about his ball playing, but... The lad had literally signed about 24 hours previously. I thought some of his defensive play, some of his reading of the game was absolutely exemplary. I thought he played a terrific game. Essentially out of position. He is a left-sided centre-back but playing at left-back. I thought, you know, I've I've got big hopes that he'll be able to shackle uh, Whitaker. And that gives you the best chance in the game. At, At home... We don't draw games anymore. Um, gone are the Jack <laughs> Ross days when everything used to be a draw. Um, we either win or we lose. We've won six and lost... Uh, sorry, won nine and lost six this season uh, at home. And I expect this to be a win. I think we're playing ourselves back into form. We're getting players back like Paddy Roberts, who can who can come off the bench and, and produce absolute magic. Um, we've got young Mundell, who's just signed for the club, who uh, Bale rates very, very highly. Um, he's got good pedigree as well. I just feel like we're we're, a, we're about to turn a corner this season, and I, I I just think I really think we might make a statement win with this, uh, and I'm actually going to go for a very confident three nil win. Ooh.
1: Ooh!
4: Is there, there as much go.
0: confidence, James, in the Sunderland Echo pen? Uh, I don't know what you've you've rang
5: me for because Ted's uh, Ted's did a marvelous job there.
0: He's
4: oh, yeah. thanks well, very you much, go. man. Thank, yep. You. Yep. Thank you. I'm, I'm doing <laughs> <Is> the curtsy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <man.
5: laughs> I wouldn't go as optimistic as Ted because I think I just have um, pessimism hardwired into us with, with this job. But I think Sunderland have shown bits and bobs of of coming into good form. I thought the second half of the Middlesbrough game up until about 80 minutes was a, an absolute aberration. Actually, I thought Sunderland were, were really, really poor. Um, and I don't know how Not Middlesbrough tomorrow. didn't sort of. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how Middlesbrough didn't sort of turn the screw, obviously. they don't, have We don't. Well. <laughs> we don't have any yeah. strikers. Yeah, yeah, they don't have a striker either, which seems to be a common problem. up and down the championship at the moment. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm optimistic. I think Plymouth, as Ted mentioned, they are a good footballing side. Um, I'm scarred from about, I think it was 2005, when Plymouth came up to the Stadium of Light and Beat us at uh, 3-1, <laughs> when now <Niall> Quinn, <laughs> Quinn was the caretaker manager. Then he sacked himself not long after that was a weird period <laughs> for the club. Uh, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to two good sides. I think it might benefit Sunderland, actually, that, that Plymouth might come to play football um or play a little bit of football because that does seem to benefit Sunderland, particularly the stadium of life. But Plymouth could turn up and, and play a really low block to Banks or four, we don't know. Uh, agree with Ted, there's players coming back into it. Looks like Abdoulaba is going to start from Michael Beale's comments in the week. They've got sort of... Strength and depth now with Mundell's on the bench, Roberts is on the bench, so they are attacking players there. I think now Michael Beale's getting all of his players back. We can sort of judge him uh, a little bit better. But yeah, f- for me, I'm just I don't know. I'm just not fully convinced yet. I think the teams in which Michael Beale's beaten, I think Preston North End came at the stadium of light and were awful. Stoke were absolutely awful. Whole uh, City away on Boxing Day could have lost that game so I'm, I'm still struggling with that I don't think we've yet to see a really convincing win um, mm. and sort of put like a massive performance together I mean you could argue the Preston Preston performance was that because they were so poor perhaps I am being a little harsh but I think the problem with Michael Bale's style of football is, is when it's sort of not going for you and when it's not working it really really is a tough watch and I think we saw that against Middlesbrough but I don't know I think I am Possibly been a little bit too pessimistic. Obviously, Borough had beaten Chelsea at the Riverside 1 0. Promotion contenders, Michael Carrick, very good, uh, good players with a good team. So, yeah, I don't know. My, my head's a bit all over with Michael michael Sudland at the moment. So, I, I think he's got a, a little bit to do to win me around. But there is a little bit of optimism there because, you know, four points in the last two games is good, but they really could do. Obviously, they've got a massive opportunity. They've got three of the next four games at home. The other one's against Birmingham City away, I think. Um, so you would think that presents a pretty good opportunity. All these sides, as well, I think, are in the bottom half of the Championship at the moment. Obviously, that's yeah. not a given. You'll you get a result. But it does provide a good opportunity. And Michael Beale said after Middlesbrough that you know there's a lot to play for in these next sort of 17, 16 games. Um, and hopefully, Sunderland can, can be up there.
4: Just looking at the the issues that we've got at the minute, James. I mean, for, for me, the the noticeable challenge um, at the at the weekend against Borough was was our midfield, and the midfield just mm. didn't seem to fire. And my theory, and, and give us give us your take on this if, if you can. Um, my theory is that we're carrying job at the minute, and I just feel like Equan Dan Neal were almost having to do his job as well because he's he's shattered. He's I think he's actually burnt out. It, uh, if he took a rest now, I think it would take him a good few weeks to actually regain fitness. He just looks leggy and, and he actually looks quite weak on the ball as well. Maybe a chance for Chris Rigg to step in
5: there, but what do you think of that? Uh, it's, it's a really good point you are making. I think Joe Bellingham has looked a little jaded for a while. Um, I think possibly he's maybe trying a bit too hard to, to play his way into form to borrow your term earlier I think maybe he's, he's overdoing it in a, in a sense um, I think the problem is with Sunderland's midfield is that you have three players who are fairly young who are still yeah, learning on the job who have bundles and bundles of talent but that sort of that blend and balance isn't quite yet, there yet so we've seen Dan Neil plays the six we've seen Ekwa plays the six I would argue that neither of them are sixes. Um, Dan Neal's probably better, su- better suited to it but I think of Dan Neal as that kid that broke onto the scene and scored against Ackerman and Stanley getting forward in League 1 that- that's how I view Dan Neal personally and that's probably how he views himself um, although he does, he is looking to become a-, a more complete midfielder and then you've got Job, who sees himself as a box-to-box midfielder but can play up front, can play as a 10 so he's definitely not a 6 as well so we're sort of playing with that 3 sort of a, a flat 2 and then 1 in behind um, yeah. As, opposed to a number, as opposed to a number 10. And the balance isn't quite quite right. As you say, Job he is a bit tired. Uh, the Chris Riggs situation is really interesting to me. I wrote a long piece about this on, on the Southern Echo website. And to be honest, he has to be set for a big second half to the season uh, because there are teams sniffing around him, to be honest, and he's got the pick of, of pretty much every major European club, um, every major Premier League club. There's even clubs in the Championship who are chancing the Ram. There isn't probably isn't a team in the world that wouldn't take Chris Rigg. The reason he stayed at Sunderland is because he's looking at the likes of Patterson and Job and Neil, who have got a lot of games under the under the belt for a relative young age, and he wants to play football and he wants to develop. He doesn't want to go to a Bayern Munich and sitting there under 23s for five years and stagnate. Um, obviously. Sutherland have sort of managed him the first half of the season he he was away with yeah. Indonesia in the Youth World Cup he's played for the um, the under 18s and the FA Youth Cup Sunderland are now out of that so that'll be his last games for them uh, Michael Beale said he's going to be he's going to be used a bit more so it'll be really interesting to see what happens the the thing is, is do you start a 16 year old uh, in the championship you know do you try and ease him sort of into things I don't know the answer to that you know there's an argument that if you if you're good enough, you're old enough. I do think you have have to be careful. You have a duty of care. Um, Look at
2: but Lewis he, wants Miley. To,
5: he wants to play. Well, I mean, Lewis Miley's an exceptional talent. Um, I, I was actually reading some of his some of his stats uh, the other day, and he's right up there. Obviously, only a year older than Grig. Uh, the thing I would say about Grig, uh, Grig, Rig, sorry, Grig, Grig's a, a bloody nightmare. It's, it's uh, the, the anniversary
4: of would... signing Will Grig, isn't it? Uh, it's it's
5: a dark <laughs> yeah, day for all, all of us. Is.
3: The thing, <laughs> I, he's the on thing fire. I would say.
5: Yeah, the thing I would say about Rick, um, is that he's very tenacious, he's very keen, he's a battling midfielder, despite a sort of slight frame at the moment. You just worry about maybe he's, you know, you wouldn't want to see him get himself sent off or something like that. He, he would have to sort of rein him in, potentially, because he would be young and enthusiastic. Uh, the other thing is, is that, yes, he's a battling midfielder, but does he have that sort of physicality to compete in the championship? I, I don't know, because we haven't seen too much of him. Um, but there's certainly talent there, so you would hope... Um, that we see a lot more of him I think yeah it seems to be the obvious change to make doesn't it that he comes in for for Job but I mean it, it's a massive call to start a 16 year old in, in, in the championship yeah. and you know it's 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 one that Sunderland will a call that Sunderland will probably make at some point but I think you have to be careful to do it at the right time
4: It's a time where we could have done with an MV to drop into that midfield really isn't it
5: Yes yes but he was never coming unfortunately
4: No uh, mm. Shame
0: so prediction then for the game <coughs> excuse me, that stuck right whoa, in my craw. Yeah. Um, How do you eat a sandwich in so front what?
2: of a Premier League radio host? It's at the foie gras? <laughs> Thank you.
0: Uh we've had uh, we've had three nil from the TED. Come on, come on, Jimmy Coppers. What's
5: what we're um, gonna say? What we're gonna say. I think someone will keep a clean sheet. I think it'll win one nil. I think my prediction. Ooh. I think it'll be pretty boring. I think it'll be pretty subdued.
2: Even with Whitaker out a, there. A nice easy, you think you know.
5: it'd be boring? What, sorry? With yeah, Whitaker? Morgan Whitaker? Yeah, Yelda, Yelda, was really impressive actually, as, as Ted mentioned. I think um Yeah, I, I like the look of him. I like the look of him instantly, and I, I said so on Twitter then for the next sort of twenty minutes I had people going, Oh well he's given the ball away twice and he's rubbish mm. like, well he's seventeen minutes into his career, give him a chance. Um <laughs> yep. and, and then after which he, he improved. He looks like a, a sort of good height quite physical um, good awareness. Obviously, I think a lot of the mistakes that he made um, just came from him being new into the side. Really, there was you know a little bit of awareness of where his teammates were. Yeah, a few little straight passes which you can forgive. It was his, it was his debut, so he looks like a, a good a good player. That battle against Whitaker will be interesting, um, but yeah, I just I, I think Sunderland will be able to see this one out. But the, the, the funny thing is, is if they don't, then I think Michael Bill's smack bang in trouble again. To be honest.
3: Yeah, I've I've got to say this game's a tough game for Sunderland. I mean, they went down to uh, they went down to Argyle, didn't they? In November and yep.
5: you know, they
3: lost they lost two It It is no a
5: banana skin. It is a banana skin. Yeah, is, this could yeah. be
3: this could be Sunderland's Looting Town, um, and I think Beals Beals got away with it in the last couple of weeks. But I I agree with you, Jimmy. I think this is. Uh, I, I mean it. It looks in all intents and purposes if Sunderland should really win this game on paper, but games aren't played on paper. Um it's it's a tough one. It really is a tough one for Sunderland. I think Sunderland'll edge it. I think they'll edge it one nil as well. So I'm I'm gonna go for a Sunderland win. But it's there's just that wind of discontent still flying around the stadium of light. People aren't happy. Um it doesn't just go away overnight the kind of you know, the kind of Stuff that we saw against Beale a couple of weeks ago um, It's just been put back in the box for now And should Plymouth come and even, dare I say, manage to scrape a draw Then, you know, you're back into that kind of doom and gloom And it's the... It's the season to be unjolly, isn't it? It's. I mean, it's going to be. It's going to be. It's going to be warm. It's going to be warm on Wearside mm. tomorrow. It's going to be nine degrees, you know, which is, which con- <laughs> considering the weather we've had this week's going it, to. It, you know, the rain's going to stop. It's going to be. It's going to oh, be. A nice
4: can't warm wait to get day.
5: over there. Yeah, no, <laughs> well, yeah, I know you can't I had no. I had no idea. Steve Wraith was the um, the cat that read the two the Weather co- <laughs> correspondent. Well, to be honest, we brought, brought, brought weather into the show, Jimmy We brought weather. We brought
3: weather into the show. We've got you. <laughs> we've got you your own little uh, your your own little intro now. I mean no other guest gets that. So yeah, we're gonna have, we're gonna be chasing a weather sponsor, so we've got to keep mentioning the weather. That Sunderland red, red carpet.
0: carpet's well and truly rolled out. i tell yeah. you. I'll put the feelers <laughs> out. I'll put the feelers. It can out. be pulled beneath his feet
3: just as quickly. Don't forget
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean we can me, we can I we can it, hear it, it, it one more time just, if you want, fellas. I don't mind. Yeah, let's do it. I missed
3: it.
1: Oh, yes. With his finger on the Sunderland Pulse, it's Jimmy Coppers. This is the I'm so going to do an edit of that
4: and just make, I'm going to make that really weird. And just make it, with <laughs> make his finger, Jimmy Cobbers. <laughs> I'm gonna
5: no, 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 make it really That's weird. Somebody's going to have to email me that uh, that jingle last night. <laughs> That's his new ringtone.
1: It's his new
3: ringtone. Yeah, yeah.
0: Brilliant. I
5: brilliant. hope
4: that goes off in a presser.
1: Uh, yeah, fantastic. That would be
4: fantastic,
2: be
0: James. Thank yeah, look, you, mate. Really. Oh, sorry, right, You've got a question. Sorry, go on then, yeah, just go on. quickly.
2: Yeah, just quickly. I think it's interesting for me as well. Just this weekend, obviously, the two Lazio bids that came in. Potentially, we're not sure if they're confirmed. But for Whittaker and Jack Clark. To see them on the opposite wing, obviously battling potentially for that Lazio spot, potentially as well. Uh, that, that's the that's the the thing for me uh, this weekend is watching Whitaker v Clark, uh, two fantastic wingers that are, are destined, obviously, for bigger and better things from both clubs. You would think, uh, but both subject to those that Lazio interests. It'll be it'll be interesting to see if there's any scouts in the crowd.
5: What was what was the fallout from from um, the lad going to, to Aston Villa? I only asked this question because. I feel like if Jack Clark had been sold in in the the January window, like, all hell would have broken loose. But it seems to me that Middlesbrough sort of... The fans are a little bit more accepting and on board with the direction of the club at the moment. Have I read that wrong, or...?
2: Yeah, no, you've read that correct. I think it's the, it's the, the business uh, that we turned that into. I mean, we signed him for 1 million pounds in the summer, and we turned it six months later into a 16 million pound, potentially with add-ons uh, deal. Uh, we all thought Morgan Rogers was a great talent. He was starting to show signs of it, but towards, I would say, the start of the season and, and even few uh, through a, uh, some recent games, he was no Jack Clark. Do you know what i mean he didn't have 10 plus goals to his name he was exciting without you know the the finished product now aston villa could you know could definitely mold him into something special i agree but we did a very good uh you know piece of business in turning it into 16 mil from one mil and that's that's what the thing was the, the matt clark one yesterday though him going to mls that one's taken a lot by surprise i would argue and matt clark albeit a bit time player for borough was also a fan favorite and that's that's hurt a bit as well so yeah, it, 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 it's um, it's 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 definitely not as uh, a, a Jack Clark leaving Sunderland moment for us either.
5: Yeah. Good stuff, interesting,
2: cool. James, thanks for your time
0: as always. Um, thanks, John. We thanks look to forward jingle. to uh, look Thank forward you, to reading James. your latest Sunderland Echo penned article, mate. <laughs> Thank you.
5: Somebody's got to read
0: them.
2: Hey, sign of Jimmy Coppers. <laughs> there we
0: go, Jimmy Coppers. James Copley. You you later, know, call it. Cheers, mate. Bye bye. Brilliant stuff. Uh, not long left, Steve.
3: Six minutes. No, not long left, and um, yeah, we've uh, we've more or less covered everything, uh, you know, today on on the show. But from uh, from well, my um, perspective, congratulations, yeah, not, by the way, congratulations. Well, it's, not often, it's not very often we do that, lads, is it? We, we, no, we tend, it's you know, not. We tend to, I just want you know. to Wanna talk a little bit about Aston Villa? Has the bubble burst? Before,
0: before they, you do, just what? congratulations on oh, being able to oh. talk out. Uh what, what do they call it in the, on the floor of the House of Parliament? Uh when you just uh, filibustering. Well done for your filibustering, so I didn't get my name that theme out.
2: Oh, oh I didn't yes. either. Have we got time to do it?
3: have we got would we manage to squeeze got it, got six it in, six in minutes? minutes. I thought you wanted Villa. <laughs> no, let's do, let's do, let's do oh, Elder Villa. Oh, all right, right then. Okay then. All
0: right then. Yeah, so bring it on. Let's five do it. official songs from the FIFA World yes. Cup. You know, every year okay. they produce an official song, and yes. everybody hates them because they're they're useless. Uh, but we've got five here. So all I want you to do, I'm going to play okay. it all a clip from all five. All I want yes. from you guys is to identify which World Cup they come from.
2: Happens in the year or like location. Both. Oh God. So so if it was.
0: England 1966
2: so there you go oh, it's God, not God, one God. of them by
0: the way it's, it's not no, one God. of them I didn't. Okay, I, didn't, okay. I, I, I didn't make it that easy here we Have go
4: we got a message of these or sorry
0: just shout them out I'm not Daz I don't go all formal and ask you to uh, you know send me messages <laughs> send me your answers in true headmaster <laughs> style has it for all yes, in. yes. <laughs> indeed anyway here we go first one South Africa,
2: so harsh, all the stars just sprayed up, all the stars, and and
4: I
3: The American World Cup, 94.
0: 94, yeah, I'm going to be the out. Go.
4: it? Oh, no,
2: up oh. That's 98, 98. Never you. Oh! Anastasia!
3: She this was one. in the early millennium. She was in the early millennium. Yeah, she was 2002. So what was the what? Yes. Something. So there was
2: 1998. Was Japan, so it was Korea. 2002. So it was
3: 2002. was
2: 2002. Yeah, 2002, Japan, oh, Korea. Yeah. Well done. Well done, lads. Mm, that's our radio show. So you've gone for two had of them. We Ricky Martin. Yeah. We had Ricky Ma- Martin.
3: Yeah. Ricky Martin. Um... Was 90, He was in the
2: 90s, something. 90,
3: 90, Remind well, me well, let's to tell you my Ricky 90, Martin
4: story off air.
3: 94, oh. It wasn't 94, mm. 98. So ne- let's say Ricky Martin, 98, and let's say Anastasia, yep. 2002.
2: Correct. Yep. And Correct. you also had J-Lo, yes! who was 20, 2012, 2014. And she would have been 2014. 2010, <laughs> hang on, quick maths. Blah, 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 2014. J-Lo, you, 2014.
0: You locking it in and going for it? Are you, oh, lo- are you locking yeah, it in and going for it, yeah? What? yeah. So Brazil twenty fourteen saying,
3: well, he seems com- he seems correct. confident. With that. Yes.
0: Two correct. Yes. Correct. So, so Pitbull featuring J Lo, Brazil twenty fourteen. Ricky Martin, copy Your Life, France ninety eight. Yeah. Anastasia, Boom. South Korea, Japan, two thousand and two. Yep. What were the other yep. two? Oh, yeah, no, i mean out. Didn't get the in the it just yeah, it any other sandwich. Honestly, I didn't recognize any of those songs. It was just noise. It was just noise. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Do you want the answers, or do we do we hold it over until morning? Monday? Go on.
4: No, because I'm not, not here on Monday. I'm
0: flying over the sea. you. There. You're not Get here oh, on Monday. So... Oh, my. You've got, to, uh, you've got to do it live. You've got to do it live, mate, from, if you from the plane. Well, to be fair,
4: I can join you by WhatsApp for a little bit, but I'll be in the car.
3: What's that?
0: Here we go. We'll give you the answers. <laughs> Stop making me do that. We're gonna, we're gonna give you the answers. You got 2014 Brazil. It's still going. Yeah, it's still going. I know. I can going. hear. I can hear. But we're running out of time for the news. We are one Pitbull featuring yes. J Lo. That was Brazil 2014. Yep. Yeah. Oh. This is Time of Our, our lives. lives by Il Divo featuring Tony Braxton. Oh, no, Time of Our Lives. has shut that one off. Germany, 2006. Germany, like? Germany 2006. So now this got a bit of stick when it came out. Uh, Ricky Martin, Cup of uh, the Cup of Life. The reason was the French didn't think it was French enough. Zut oh, France '98. Yeah, you got that one. Yep, you nailed Anastasia and Boom. That was South Korea and Japan 2002. Oh, that voice. Oh. And this was Giorgio Moroder singing to be number one, Italia 90. Ah,
1: for the
3: less obvious Italian 81,
0: and <laughs> uh, well, there was only one.
2: <laughs> I had a choice hey, between well, it being sung in Italian or English. Yeah, mate. A- a- Anastasia is like the Sean Dice of the singing world. I tell you with that voice, <laughs> brilliant. And on that note, oh, what a th-
4: what an image! It's the end of another week, chaps.
0: <laughs> it's another end of Woo! the other week. It's the end of hey, another no, era. Well done. All right, fellas. Well I'll the see bar. you next week. Oh my God, are you coming yes. in the studio. Yeah. I when, when are you coming I in? Are. It's gonna be live.
4: Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll message you because I don't know. I don't pick the car up till Tuesday morning. I know this is terribly interesting for the listener. Yeah, but, um, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> very exciting for
2: see,
4: us. You better be here yes. Monday
2: yeah. and Tuesday.
4: <laughs> Steve, so I'll, uh, I'll catch you in a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right then. Ridiculous.
0: You can't wait to get off. Ridiculous. We don't get a. We, we don't, we don't get a second. Yet, oh, there he is. There he is. Boys, have a good weekend. <laughs> have, have a good
4: too, weekend. See you
3: guys.
1: Bye. From Yarm to Yippie, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve and Ted. Right across the Northeast, the red, the and the cat.